movies with real men, the world's first and only movie talk show podcast, baby. Where must we go? We who wander this wasteland in search of our better selves. You go to the podcast, you idiot. (laughs) My name's Andy. With me, as always, is the wussy of the wasteland, the Ayatollah of Suck and Mullah, Muller. This podcast has subtitles for the deaf and mall of hearing. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) With us as well is the guy who runs Butthole Town, the Aster Blaster, Braden. Hey, guys. Hey, buddy. How are you doing today? Wonderful. I'm doing good today, too. I had a nice hike this morning. Oh, yeah? Did it set you behind schedule? Yeah, do we want to talk about your hardiness? It wasn't my fault that I was late. It wasn't my fault I hiked up a mountain before (laughs) I got this podcast. I I set my chicken on the stove, and it was ready, you know, to get get all de-thawed while I was taking a shower. Half an hour shower. You got your, you know, you got to you have to, you have to masturbate while you're in there. So okay. uh, the chicken should be, you know, all dethawed and whatnot. It's like on low and ready to go. Uh, just pop in some veggies and on high, have it done in five minutes. But instead, it like wasn't cooked at all. It was like still so like, it's frozen. So it's not Fuck. my fault I didn't set the stove properly. It's no, a, it's <laughs> everything else's fault. It's everyone else's fault. It's an it's a new stove. So it's like I wasn't sure like how like I had it on minimum because I was like just trying to dethaw. But it turns out that's like I probably could have just taken a nap on the frying pan and it would have kept me like just a little lukewarm. <laughs> warm. Like like it was like not. It, it just wasn't like yeah, it wasn't enough at all. So I'm sorry. I, Sorry, I made you made you late, uh, Braden. Yeah, or made you wait. You ended up beating late. me here still. Yeah, <laughs> you changed the time. It was like, oh, it's twelve thirty. Oh, it's one. Oh no, I'll be twelve forty-five. Then I call you. Yeah, I'll be there in six minutes. I was like, yeah, I, don't I was know here. What time at, to get there. I was here at like twelve thirty-two, and I was eating my chicken on the way. I had a big like a big to-go thing. I had my knee on the steering wheel, just sucking. You have a knee on steering wheel. <laughs> Yeah, Is that what you and, said, and, and my oh, knee, knee on was your... on the <laughs> steering wheel, so. <laughs> You look like you disapprove. I'm telling you. <laughs> ah, it's, it's just, I, I guess we haven't talked about Mueller time too much on the podcast, but there's, this is, it's, it's, it's just. We can try what, to what are you talking about Mueller time? Mueller time and that's, uh, you have no real concept of time or budgeting time or something, time <laughs> scheduling, whatever it is. Uh, your time is your your concept of time sucks. Uh, no, like I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty good at budgeting time. Though, like I said, I like I had a half. No, but you say that. But what do you think budgeting time is? It's I, I, it takes half an hour to cook the food, so I've had a so half you hour allowed budgeting. yourself. Half an hour. <laughs> it's like so ma- it's math. It's simple math. <laughs> yeah, but like there's no room for error. Like what if there's what if so you went to to stupid hill to climb up beforehand, and then you had so you allowed that much time for this, and then that much time for lunch. But it's like, well, what if there's traffic, especially going up to the hill? Yeah, you're there talking, was there was traffic, especially <laughs> the hill you're talking about. Like, I ended up on, on a weekend like this, which is a nice like sunny weekend First where nice lots weekend. of people are going to be yeah. going up there. You can't account yeah. for how long traffic will. I, I had to stop at my old place too to pick up some slippers and. Uh. <laughs> See, this is the thing. Like I, I for a long time was trying to work on a Muller time equation. Like some way to calculate it. Like it was yeah. just just a hobby, like a sport for me. Uh, and I think I was off for a while. I was trying to, to to make it into some kind of formula. But now it's like I realized. I think it's a combination of two things. And the first the first that I was always aware of is the variables. There's no accounting yeah. for it's like okay I'm gonna go here, but you just you sidetrack very easily. It's like oh well, I'll, I'll go swing by uh, the party in the park or, or whatever. Yeah. And the other, well, you should, I don't know if people know what party in the park is, but I, I don't even really know what it's it just is. Outdoor it's just an outdoor concert 
community festival thing. In, yeah, in our there's just little, a bunch of vendors to town. buy garbage from, basically, yeah. and then like really bad bands. Like yeah, and you'll be there. like, okay, I'm on my way over, and then I'll get like another text like a couple minutes later, be like, oh, I'm just gonna swing by party in the park real quick. I'll be in another five minutes. But it's like, man, just going to party in the park and parking like that's five minutes right there, <laughs> like, right there immediately. So part of it, yeah, is these weird variables, and the other part of it is allowing no room whatsoever for error. It's like, okay, I have an hour to do this, a half an hour to do this. I'm not going to le- give any like leeway time for the overall of it. It's like, oh, I have a movie that starts at this time. It'll take me two minutes to drive there. I'll allow myself two minutes to drive there. But it's I'm like- actually going to leave when like when there's when I had two minutes to be there. Like I'm going to start packing up. Yeah, see, <laughs> get this my, is- kick my shoes on. It's time. Well, it only takes like five seconds to get your shoes together and get in the car and be on the road. Yeah, but there's no account. Like you can get stuck behind a train. Like well, any, it, it any takes like sort two minutes thing. to get your stuff together, but. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, and he, when you have a scheduled time with other people to start on a certain thing, <laughs> well, here's and what, then that person, and then one of those people leave on time for it. You, you're like, you didn't what are you on, doing leaving early for? <laughs> yeah, you didn't leave on time. Like it only takes like ten minutes to get here from your house, and you left a half hour early. Yeah, I told you I had a couple errands to run. So well, I didn't know really that. Like, how I, I can't account for all the things that you're going to be doing. Like, I can only manage but people so far as what I know what they're doing. But you can't account yeah. for when you say, like, hey, we should meet at this place at 1230. Uh, <laughs> and then someone... And then I plan my morning. I told plan, you, my, someone, I wasn't expecting my chicken to someone, not be cooked. Someone plans his day to meet at 1230 and leaves <laughs> at a certain time to go get gas or whatever the fuck you were doing. Uh and then, like, while you're doing that, oh, yeah, I'm going to be another half an hour. Well, what? Because it's someone else's fault that my, that I didn't set the stove. Well, last properly. time I, I, t- I messaged you, like, 15 minutes early. I was like, oh, he's probably going to be leaving 10 minutes early. So I, I messaged five minutes before that. I was like, hey, I'm going to be late. And you're like, I've already left. And I was like, what are you doing leaving 15 minutes? Or you don't have any other errands to do. But so if this like, time I give you a half hour. If you're like, okay, I'm going to meet at this place at 1230. I just got to pick up gas along the way. So I won't leave the 10 minutes that it would normally take me there because I'm going to add a few minutes to pick up gas and suddenly within that time frame you're already pushing it to later <laughs> and you don't see how you're not the shithead in this situation like you're definitely the shithead listen in this situation. If, if there is such a thing as budgeting under time then there is such a thing as budgeting over time that's not true that, that that's yeah, no, if no, you no, no, leave no, 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 no. if you leave 45 <laughs> minutes early you're gonna be there 45 minutes early like you shouldn't be surprised that you have to wait for yes, 45 minutes but if you if you're leaving to schedule with for a certain thing with other people being there 10 minutes early or however minutes early it's annoying for you because you have to wait but you're at least meeting the time if you don't budget for a way if you budget for a way that'll that will uh highly increase the chances of being late you're then screwing over those other people if you're just yeah whatever like my day i'm just fucking around i want to do this this and this and i'll budget my time in whatever manner for it yeah whatever this is why you don't have a normal job. <laughs> like you get into a place like on yeah. time is is. This is why we have a beautiful office you. that we can come into and record the podcast at because I don't know how to budget time. Apparently, hey, we've all, well look as much as I do yeah. like this this setting that we're currently in recording this. You know, we did it fine in in what your various bedrooms because you also <laughs> can't keep a house. <laughs> Do you remember our first ep- pod- we have pilot episode that we recorded? Yeah, in your old your old bedroom. Andy was sitting on your bed, holding <laughs> like, the microphone, holding to his a face microphone to my mouth, two hours. <laughs> Which at the time, like I was going through like a couple months of uh, somewhat problematic back pain. So suddenly I'm propped up against the wall, sitting on your bed, holding the microphone up to my I think, mouth. And then I think you were, si- Braden, you were sitting like on my drum set, like yeah, I was sitting seat, on your, like behind yeah. a drum set. I like, was, yeah. And I had a mic like over your drums and like 
It was not a big room either. Like I no. just had everything packed in. It was so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've really, uh, thanks to all this sweet ad revenue, we've uh, been able to uh, afford a nice big table to clip our microphones to. So we finally spent all our money on this table. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned how Party in the Park has crappy music. Did Andy, didn't you and I go watch Andrew perform? Yeah. We watched, we watched, <laughs> we watched Mueller perform, perform at Party in the Park. <laughs> no, that time. wasn't a Party in the Park sanctioned event. That was just during it. It was during it. It was during it at a venue <laughs> where Party in the Park was happening. Yeah, yeah, but it was like not a party. In, they didn't rent that building. I rented that building. It was just, ha- it was just on the same street. Mm. So You were partying Sounds in suspect. the park. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that was the best show you've ever seen. So, <laughs> okay. definitely better than I don't know. Whatever you got. What do you guys listen to now? Death Clock. Uh, no, no one's Wiener Cutters. Yeah, no one what's cares the, about Death Clock. What's the what, what's this? What's that say? Municipal Waste. That's a pretty cool shirt. It is, man. Goddamn cool. Guys shirt. puking. Right, can I say that a little better? The guys, the guys puking a bunch of green bile into yeah. some guy's face and the guy's head is being ripped in half like by the puke. Yeah, like you're going to talk shit about that? That's cool. Yeah, we're going to go see Municipal Waste next weekend. Yeah. Woo! Oh my God. Badass party thrash. That's right, man. Well, let's, go fuck let's, let's talk about something to all that's this <laughs> lame electronic music. Here. Oh yeah, all this lame. Here you're shit talking about about a bunch of cool thrashers. Yeah, yeah. all this lame yeah, music, really really crappy music like David Bowie or like the Gorillas or I don't know. So cool. I mean, David it Bowie. is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I only know They're the awesome band. I only know the Gorillas from that like that one song that was their first big. Clint Eastwood. Band. And then I found out yeah. like a couple months ago that I guess they're like a big thing. Yeah, they're I didn't huge. Know. You didn't know I, I'm, so, I'm so detached from like... I you got like detached. Snoop Dogg on those albums, man. You got... I don't follow Snoop All Dogg. the big stars. You got That's MF Doom. unfortunate. Who? And MF Doom. Who the heck is that? He's a, he's a rapper. I don't know. He's I cool. Know. I, yeah, hey, the man. rap world, I don't know. If, it, if, they from, if they're not from Sweden, I, I haven't heard of them. <laughs> Swedish rappers? <laughs> no, Swedish, Swedish metal. My name is Kazam. <laughs> I don't know. So should we... I don't know. Let's uh, uh, we'll move her along here, we boys. Get, uh, yeah, I guess going we, can, here. we could probably get to some movie stuff. I guess. Some movie chit chat. So, my most hated movie topic ever oh. is... Oh, of the week? Of the, of the week. week. No, it's my most hated movie ever. Is people who don't like Mad Max. Uh, yeah, I do hate them. Woo, woo, That's right. Woo, woo. I'm coming I, for you. I, I did always find it baffling. So when we first saw Mad Max in the theaters, I was excited to see it. Fury Road. Fury Road. Yes, we are talking. Yeah, Fury we're not Road that old. Yeah, people. we're. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I'm not old enough to like the original Mad Max. Anyone who likes that movie is a real idiot. No, that movie's fucking real great. dumb crap. Um, fight you later. But when we first saw Fury Road. And I thought to myself, okay, fine, because I'm a big movie person. I like chatting movies with other people, even if it's not, ne- even if I don't necessarily agree with them or whatever. Wait, and right. even if they're not big synopsis. movie people, I don't know. You had some synopsis planned, um, but I thought. <laughs> so I finally see this this big dumb blockbuster. And like for the last like at least ten years, I've just been so disenfranchised with these stupid blockbusters. Like none of them get me excited anymore. No. Um, I still think there's great movies, but the blockbusters have just gone so hard downhill. Mm-hmm. And then this movie comes along. I'm like, okay, finally. Like, this is a movie where it's like I can talk to most, like, casual moviegoers. And, yeah, we're all going to love it. Like, this is a movie for everyone. And for the most part, that's been true. Like, everyone seems to at least like it. Uh, But every now and then, 
you you run into someone who says they didn't like it, mm. or they hate. No, usually or they, they hate. Honestly, it. I found it's a love, yeah. love or hate thing. Like I know you're saying you have people. I, who, I, I've seen a bit of a spectrum. Yeah, uh, and I have yet. I, I was saying this earlier. I have yet to meet somebody that didn't didn't love this. Mm-hmm. Oh really? So I don't know who you guys are hanging out with. Oh, you're yeah. insane. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll go. I've I'm never talked to anyone who didn't. Like I'll get a bit into that. But Muller, do you want to explain what your oh, yeah. most hated topic is uh, about here? Yeah. So since I rudely interrupted. Um, in sure. the in the wasteland in the future, uh, Max is driving his cars, uh, and there's a lot of bad people in the future too, uh, chasing Max, and uh, so he fights him. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, so, and then some people didn't like it. <laughs> See, now I feel good about rudely interrupting you. I'm just going to rudely interrupt you I, I all the time. I didn't take any notes for that synopsis, so, uh, you know, you got to forget, you know, oh, give, but here give, me, like, give me a handicap here, here you know, I was pulling here it you're like, oh, synopsis as I'm talking. I'm like, stick, oh, yeah, and you, you, you interrupted it, man. Like, I had I, I interrupted the nothing you had planned. <laughs> Good job, <laughs> idiot. Um, so, so back to the in, point. No, no, I, I was like going to do the real one. Uh, so, <laughs> in the future, the world is a wasteland. Bad Max gets captured by a bunch of white, cancerous, cretinous beings. He escapes, only to find that he's stuck in yet another scenario where he has to help out a bunch of poor, defenseless womans. Will Max make it along the Fury Road to deliver all of the mother's milk and period blood to the places they got to go? Let's find out. (laughs) Great. (laughs) (laughs) And also, some people don't like this movie, and that makes them, they're big idiots for not, uh, not liking it. Yeah, it is really weird. Like I said, I, I felt like this is a movie. This was finally a movie for everyone. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm not talking about some, like, pussy art house movie that, that a casual movie goer that I'm talking to won't understand. It's like, yeah, it's like I can appreciate all the artistic sides of this. And certainly if you just want to shut down and watch some crazy action, like, this is this is better than all the, the fucking tripe you have been watching. But, no, still some people it just hasn't clicked. And it's probably still what's kept it from being like a gigantic, gigantic movie. Like it did well, but it didn't do like Avengers well or yeah, something. Yeah, like, it or even close to that. Like I think it ended up bringing in somewhere on like 300 mil in the box office, which yeah, is good. I think it was 100 mil, 50 mil. It's good budget. enough to be uh, considered considered a success, which is good. But it, it wasn't like, like holy shit, like everyone should be seeing this movie and everyone's going to. And yeah, not. not. I mean, it should have been, but. Sure. sure. So yeah. my biggest problem with people who don't like Mad Max is this comment. Mad Max has no story. Yes, I'm very familiar with people saying uh, this You know, nothing really happens in it. All they do is just drive from point A to point B. Yeah, and, that's uh, what they always say. Yeah, and, and the, so nothing goes on. No, nothing happens. Uh, there's, no, there's no dialogue, um, or there's very little dialogue. So this movie is just, uh, yeah. I mean, if, I'm sure if you like a dumb action movie, like that's fine uh, for, for you. But some people want some substance uh, you know, to their movies. Some people want to actually be engaged in a story. What's most annoying to me about the statement is I have heard that from people who, like, only watch, like, the big, gigantic movies, like The Fast and the Furious, and, like, <laughs> like that's all they're watching. So it's, like, to me, it's, like, I always just assumed, oh, yeah, like, all you're going for to these movies is the big, dumb spectacle. And here it's, like, you have what's, like, a, actually a big, smart, skept- like, spectacle. 
and now you don't like it. So <laughs> it's like we're not. It's not like you're talking about some like real movie critic who, for some reason, missed uh, all the rich storytelling in Mad Max, and they wanted more story. It's like this is people that I would suspect didn't want more story out of their big blockbusters, and finally a movie that's like, yeah, you can view this movie as right to the point and still enjoy it. But apparently they didn't. It's like what? What the fuck is going on? Like I was so baffled. It was it was it was almost like angry, and it's like finally this movie that I can get along with the common man with. And I, I still can't here and there. Yeah, last episode I brought in um, uh, when I was ripping on movie critics, and I and I had specifically brought in a few quotes from uh, people ripping on Mad Max, kind of as a preemptive. So I'm not going to read those again, but it was the same. It's yeah. the same thing, and that's a, that thing was really baffling to me. Of like, and we mentioned this too: is movie critics should be probably familiar yes. with storytelling, like in a visual medium. You should yeah. probably under, understand the language of film, and there's a lot. That this movie is communicating towards you, so I feel like I feel like we should kind of get into, but yeah, it's a good point. What, where how the story is told? It's a good Sorry. point. Like if you're a film critic, you should understand like the different ways to convey storytelling. Yeah, you can do it through dialogue, and of course you can do it through too much dialogue, and then you can do it oh through God. you can do it That's through no worst dialogue case scenario. And it's like, I would think someone would understand who's, like, they review films for a living, or at least... Enough, oh, I'm enough sure they're not making a living. Enough, enough to run, enough, enough to do all these reviews that they see tons of movies and whatever. They should have a grasp that a story can be told in a, in a less traditional way, but still have lots of story. But, yeah, it's crazy. I, I honestly think the people who say stuff like that, yeah, that, that Fury Road has no story... Uh, they don't understand visual storytelling. How, how do you know. think that you would define story then? Uh, I don't know. Probably as basic as, as anything. It's just telling a tale. There's usually an arc of some kind. Like I, I don't know. I don't know if I have a set definition of. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have a story. set definition for it either. But to me, like I think about um, something that can engage you with what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, something that is going somewhere. Um, I, I mean, I feel like it's just having a lot of information about what you're seeing and, and where it's, know, it's kind like, of where it's It's like going. having a direction of information that has a beginning, like a middle and an end. Like that's a, pro- that's a proper story. It's that's a probably, proper traditional That's a probably story. very traditional, and I think Mad Max actually fits into that. But what I'm finding is like a lot of, pe- a lot of people describe it just as you did uh, before, is that, yeah, they just drive to a place and then they go back and real and drive to the like what place. what is in what is uh, Lord of the Rings? Well, all they do is just go to a mountain and then they come back. Like that's all. It's well, just yeah. point A and then but point the back is, to like, point B and then p- point A again. Like that's a dumb movie. Nothing happens. Yeah. They're just stripping Fury Road down to its very fundamental level and ignoring all of the actual rich storytelling that's going on. There's nothing going on in this movie. It. All I did was drive to the theater. Yeah, that's I it. sat there for two hours and then I drove home. Like not there's like <laughs> like it's like. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the point. It's it's called a journey. <laughs> so I've argued very recently with uh, one of my employees because I have people that work under me at my workplace, uh, and he's a younger fellow and he doesn't watch a lot of movies. And and I thought, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give this kid uh, some homework projects uh, <laughs> and, and, and try try to see if I can educate him on movies. I tried to do the same thing to people with heavy metal many with years Asperger's. ago. And I found it didn't work out. But I thought movies, Dude, yeah. movies is more general. More, you know, mm-hmm. more more people can like Mad Max than will yeah, like. Yeah, doing that with metal is waste. a big yeah. waste of your yeah, time. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I came to that conclusion. I don't even try yeah. anymore. Um, so I thought, okay, first one, easy. Like, I don't want to throw some older '80s movies because, like, he's only seen modern movies. It'll just put him. It's not a good starting point for this person. Oh, Mad Max. That's the perfect 
Mad Max Fury Road, perfect place to start. Huge, exciting action movie. It can be as simple or as complicated as, as you want to go into it. Uh, and he said he didn't like it for the same reason that he didn't say outright hated it, but like close to that. Uh, and he said, yeah, it had no story. And then I said, well, well what, what do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean? I wanted to elaborate on this because I've heard this, 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 this before. And he said, well, it's like, yeah, it's like, you don't really know. It's like, I don't know anything about any of the characters or why they're doing what they're doing. And it's like, oh my gosh. Well, it's like, well, give me an example. It's like, well, it's named Morton Joe, the villain. Like, what do you not understand about him? It's like, I feel like that movie, it does, I can see why he's maybe confused that they don't tell you much about him. But when you actually stop and think about it, they tell you so much about oh, it. They, they just don't stop for like a half-hour origin story on a Morton Joe yeah. that's a separate story from the actual story taking place. Because a lot of people have this, this uh, misconception that plot, holes are, that, that plot holes are just like anything that, that the movie doesn't explain. It's like, no, a plot hole is when a movie doesn't explain something that is needed to tell the story it's telling. The story, Do people say plot holes? I've heard it here. Oh my this, god! This, in this particular story that I'm telling about this kid, he did not say that, but I, it just reminds me of that. People say, you know, it has it has all these plot holes, like you don't know anything about how a Morton Joe came to be, but you don't necessarily need to to know that they took something from him, they took some people from him, and he wants to get them back. That's the story. There's no plot hole there, even if they explain nothing about him. But I think they do explain something about him. You oh can yeah. Tell so much, like even his intro scene. Uh, like we just watched it last night, but I was very familiar with the scene. It shows him like shows it shows like all his like minions and whatnot, like putting on his like weird armor, and it, and they're 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 throwing like this powder on his body before the armor, and he's got like all these gross like boils. Like he's yeah. he's clearly like he he has this. He's crazy, seen some shit. Yeah, he has this crazy <laughs> like breathing apparatus. Immediately, you know, okay, he's sick. Like he's potentially dying. Like he he has some kind of ailment, and they're keeping him alive with whatever this weird like powder like. And I think it's just baby powder keeps his armor from mm-hmm. chafing. But immediately you know it's like okay he's he's dying. This guy's this guy's at least mutated like he's he's not that healthy. Yeah, and it's like so he wants his wives back and so, and a couple of them are pregnant. One of yeah, them and they make a point. One of them very pregnant. Yeah. Uh, and he's more when he's when he's yelling at them during the chase and whatnot, he's talking about give me back my property referring to the child, like the child in their belly. So it's like clearly he wants to pass off like he wants an heir to his throne. That's that to me that's what I always thought the whole movie yeah, that's was about. Yeah, and they keep talking about how like well, later on one of the characters is getting upset and he's like, "Oh, this over a family squabble. Yeah. Who cares about healthy babies? Like like healthy babies Babies yeah. is this very, uh, it's like not known in this universe because everyone's all mutated and stuff. So it's clear like he's like, yeah, he's kind of worked to yeah. get a healthy woman and like make a healthy baby and now he wants it back. And that, I mean, that's what the movie's about is like they stole a bunch of wives and, and one of them having his baby. And so now he's chasing after them. So they're fighting. But yeah, and yeah that's that's the story. And, the, and then you see that it's like, okay, he has this alliance. Like he's controlling the water and produce. He's making produce like with the water. Yeah, I should probably, like. I should, um, I feel like we should back up just a second though to, um, spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, this whole episode's a spoiler alert if you haven't seen Mad Max, first of all. We're talking <laughs> Mad Max, mostly Fury Road. I'm sure the others will come up. Yeah, they'll, they'll come up. Um. So they're in the wasteland. It's all a desert. The whole world is a freaking is a freaking desert. And then there's this one kind of there's this one place which is Morton Joe's place. So he's got control, like you said, he's got control of the water. He's got greenhouses. He's all up on like a cliff. So all the all the all the crappy mutated people are all down below. They can't get up to him because they need to take yeah. a special ele- elevator. 
Um, you know, he's controlling all of this. Yeah, he's controlling food and water, in essence, if you, yeah. if you break it down. There's a scene at the beginning where he, he lets out some, some water down to all the people, and they're all, you know, raising their gimped mm. arms to, uh, to get it back. And then he, then he shuts off the water before they've even gotten much. Yeah. And he says, don't, don't become addicted to water. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, You'll resent its absence. Yeah, it's like, it's such a great... Yeah. So he's like this, like, kind of this weird cult, type leader because he's got all these people that kind of look like him they're all like white and yeah i don't know if they're all if they're i don't know if they have makeup on or if they just are like albinos or not but yeah so immediately it's like you can see how he has uh he's using his control of the resources to get people to essentially worship him or be completely in need of of his existence and he's created like this cult and this yeah. following, like this huge power structure. Which it's is, like obvious just in that one scene yeah. of him letting the water out. You know all the power dynamics of the situation. But no, they kind of like the story. <laughs> they should have stopped this already two-hour movie and had a half an hour origin story of a <laughs> show, and that's not relevant to the main story of the movie. Like when mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we're, we're actually still getting all of that background information, but just really quickly and really visually. Like, yeah, with minimal words. Like I didn't just need to think about like the, the power dynamics talk. of it. Like I, I like you just know you're like oh yeah mm-hmm. he's look at all these people they're all dusty they got no water I don't see any taps around here like they're well, that, all that's what I they're mean they're crawling out of ant hills that they live in like they're all dusty yeah. and that's what I mean where like I can see where maybe someone doesn't watch a lot of movies or whatever and on the surface level they just see oh this movie has virtually no story it's just there and back. But I think once you actually stop and talk about it with someone and break it down, you would start to see it's like, oh, well, yeah, it's like you, you know quite a bit about a Morton Joe. It's like you break down – if you actually think about what you know about these characters, you know a ton. Well, let's, do, let's, yeah. let's talk about that. What do we know about him? About a Morton Joe? Yeah. So I mean, we've already talked a little bit about what we know. We know he has that breathing apparatus. Yeah. He has all these um, metals like on his like on his armor piece. Yeah, which I think are just a display of power. Well, some of them are like microchips. Yeah, well, they're like just they're not real metals yeah. at all. So it's clear that he just like put these on himself or like 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 just so that people like, he's got like two hundred medals, like like you know, like an army general. Yeah. But but they're, it's totally just this like yeah, this really Mickey Mouse operation that he's got going. Like, it's not like anyone else has medals or there's, yeah. like, generals. Like, he just put it there. His car is, like, clearly the biggest and... It's like a double it's, Cadillac. It's, it's, just, it's a giant throne. And it's, like, if you look at it, like, before it gets into the crazy action, like, it's the cleanest, like, everything about it. Like, the bumper looks like it's been, like, spit-shined and everything. Like, And they have all of it's these... It's so pristine. So there's all these emblems that are his face everywhere like those round emblems they're stamped all over the big yeah, war rig the, the, the they, they've got like the whole, i think the whole mountain is shaped like it it has like it's the, it like a mount rushmore type really? thing but it's yeah. That. yeah exactly there's a lot to notice if you're not an idiot <laughs> um so it's like yeah it, it's just clear that he like kind of worships himself and wants everyone else to worship him and he's going to make that happen because he has because he has power um but yeah, it's like a lot of these things, it sounds like like we're taking, like we've already been talking about this for like a solid 10, 15 minutes, and they convey all of this information in... Like, Intentionally. In, 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 but they also do it in like two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like just yeah. from like, yeah, you see a side of him putting on his armor, you can tell he's sick. Immediately you know like... He, oh yeah, it's gross. He's Your dying. stomach like, kind of flips a little because he's diseased so and gross. He's diseased and, and whatever, potentially dying, like not healthy. Yeah. Immediately, like they don't stop to, to, to show you him, his deteriorating health. You just see it. 
No, I'd rather see uh, a scene that's like five minutes long of him trying to get out of bed and like. Yeah, exactly. Even then, that would be like a little visual. Like it would. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like him to lem- No, I'd like him. He has this very kind of like, like I said, this very poetic speech about people not getting addicted to water. Like this is like horribly manipulative, like garbage yeah. thing. What I'd really love is he had started that speech being saying, "Well, in, back in the '80s when I first got AIDS, I blah blah blah." And, and, <laughs> like that's what I'd really like for him to say, like just kind of dryly explain. Uh, what's going on rather than just yeah. seeing that for like 10 seconds. Yeah, it's funny. This this same person that, that, that was saying to me, it has no story, nothing happens. And, and Let's just call him Kyle. That's actually close to his real oh, name. Sh- but that's not, it's not actually his real name. <laughs> Kyle. But, uh, he, he said it's like he, he wanted just like, he's like, I just want, you know, like a bit more dialogue or whatever. So it's funny on that note, for his next homework project, I was like, oh, you want a bit more dialogue? <laughs> I... I I took it and well, actually, I made him watch Dread after that, which which he, oh, he which did. He said, did, did like, you make him watch Drive? He didn't. No. He didn't like yeah. Dread. No, he did like Dread. Oh, okay. But but after that, I was like, okay, it's like you wanted more words for Mad Max because I couldn't figure out. It's like if you like Dread, I would. Think yeah, they seem like, they're very similar. Like I like feel like someone and who likes sister movies pretty much. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, yeah. But I was like, okay, you want more dialogue, do you? So I was like, your next movie is Ex Machina, <laughs> which <laughs> yes. is like pretty much all dialogue. All dialogue. It's almost a hundred. Yeah, I don't understand why any but like. If it's there, what's it matter if there's more dialogue? Like, who wants these boring exposition scenes where they're in some boardroom or it's like, whatever Marvel, like there, it's a, it's some hologram boardroom, like where yeah. they're just like they're just like tapping on things and like, yeah. like and they're just like, oh yeah, uh, like check out this um, this infrared uh, satellite photos of like the op and like and zooming yeah. in and like and, like like who wants like people want that? And the thing is though, like these people aren't watching like Tarantino movies or something, like awesome dialogue movies. They're just watching the big blockbusters and that's it, which most of them have the most generic, boring dialogue. Most of them. Some of them are all right, whatever. But for the most... What's all right right now? I don't know. Even movies that are like I I I recently saw Guardians of the Galaxy and I thought it was a good good to okay movie. And I would say... Okay is less than good, right? I would say the dialogue was maybe mildly... Above average, it was yeah. fine, but it wasn't anything like a Tarantino thing. So, these, but these people, <laughs> they're saying, "Oh, a, a bit more dialogue would have been nice." The kind of dialogue that they're used Why? to is just boring, generic, shitty dialogue for the most part. <laughs> they're not like that clamoring idea. for like an awesome Wes Anderson movie or something with like yeah. rich dialogue. Like, what do they expect with more dialogue, though? Like, do, do they not feel? I don't know. In my 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 whole th- like dialogue and and exposition is fine. But if you can do it without it, like the more the more you can do without dialogue and exposition, the better. Generally, Agreed. generally, generally I don't yeah. want to watch any silent films or any crap like that. Yeah, like, like uh, but that's yeah. what I say. Like most most movies are still going to have to have a bunch of dialogue. There's actually, I mean, we had the subtitles on last night, and there was a there's a ton the of dialogue. It does have rich dialogue. Yeah, it, it has too, a lot. I mean, they have all thing. these weird like wacky words that like apparently yeah. they've invented. Like it, it reminded me of watching Firefly, where like. It's like, you know, it's in space in the future, but it's clear that China is like who had taken over like Earth. So they all have like these Chinese swear words and stuff like that. Yeah, right? That's right and, yeah. And they kind of like, you know, and it's like that, that's kind of an interesting thing. Like they don't ever talk about it, but you just yeah. why are they swearing in Chinese? Like and just talking in English. Um, and yeah, and it's it's clear that in Mad Max, they've kind of developed this kind of weird language and they have little factions that are you know they call gasoline guzzling for yeah. some reason i i was thinking because we watched because we watched road warrior last night too and i was thinking 
it, the subtitles on Road Warrior said gasoline, but it sounded like they were saying gasoline. I think it's, it's just their accent. I think it's just the accent, but then they it just... It might be an Australian I, thing. And they ran with it. I think they just decided, well, you know, it sounds like we're saying gasoline, and that's pretty cool, so... That's <laughs> exactly I, what I thought. <laughs> when yeah. I first started watching it, I initially felt that like, it gave the impression that they were also drinking it. Like guzzling <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I don't think great. that's actually the case upon rewatching these movies a million times, but that's that was the initial <laughs> impression I got, which would still be great. Yeah. Um, so George Miller, not Muller. George Muller. Oh, my dad directed this. George Muller directed. <laughs> I wonder there's so many cars in it. Yeah, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> George Muller Auto. He'll fix your cars right up. <laughs> um, George Miller directed this. this. Uh, he has a long history of directing Mad Max movies. He's actually, in fact, if there was a Guinness World Records for most Mad Max movies directed, uh, he would definitely win. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Oh. He directed all of them. Yes, every oh. single one. <laughs> that, that's that's, that's so joke. pretty pretty cool thing that you have a, a director who directed the original Mad Maxes in the 80s and was it the late 70s or just the 80s um, and then uh, it, the first one was the 70s yeah. 79 and then yeah. uh, and yeah. then ends up 20 or 30 years later directing a, a reboot of the franchise and it ends up being fantastic so it's not a prequels thing so it's just so funny hearing about this it sounds like such a terrible idea like this really like high octane high energy style of movie and then yeah. someone revisiting it in older age you th- like who has the energy at like right. between like mid sixties closer to seventies to make a movie like this and it's it's everything about it worked. Like there's a man who understands his universe. Like like who understood what made it great and then with Fury Road just pushed everything to the the maximum degree. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like this is a very excessive movie. Like there yes, is there is not entirely. many more excessive movies that it, like beyond this and and that's what baffles me so much because people are like it's oh, the it's- most acceptable accessible movie because you can be excessive like a michael bay and it's just off-putting it makes you sick excessive but- <laughs> this isn't we're not running a you know a liberal campaign here and we don't want an ex- <laughs> accessible camp movie we want um Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so I, I was just going to say, like, people are, you know, complaining about how simple the story is. And, and it's like, you know, it's just going to point A and then back. But it's like, can you imagine if they had just gone to all these different locations and there were all these, like, very complicated plot points? Like, how impossible these, it would have been to follow? But that's what these movies do. You watch, I haven't seen it, but, the, like, the new Fast and Furious trailer. And it shows them in a city. And it shows them in, in like, Dubai or some desert city. And then it shows. It's them. always Dubai now. That's yeah. like an action movie place. Yeah, what's with that? Uh, I don't know. Tom Cruise. Probably some. Probably some. Tax, some Scientology some tax thing. thing that makes like, that a good benefit from filming there or something like that. But yeah, <laughs> oh, and then it shows sense. them on like on the ice driving all their cars and like looks like the Antarctic or something. And they're just going, fucking everywhere. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's an attempt to make it more epic. But to me, that often makes it less grounded and less relatable. Yeah. It, it's the bad kind of Epic excess. is only as big as you can hold on to it. You know, like Clash yeah. of the Titans. Like, you just, oh, they're so big. And well, yeah, it, well, it has a tendency to make... I'm not paying attention, so <laughs> I didn't notice. It has a tendency to make all of it less relatable. It's less personalized because it gets away from the characters, and it's more about these big, epic uh, sceneries and environments, and then, and then it's less about the characters. Yeah. It's more relatable if the story is about the characters rather than the crazy places that they're going. Yeah, I really feel like... Um, the place for epic things is uh, is in small stories. Like, I mean, I brought up Lord of the Rings earlier, which I would say is a very 
you know, that's an epic yeah. movie. Like if, if, and if anything deserves such a title and it's Certainly. like, Oh, who's the main character? Oh, it's a very tiny guy. <laughs> like, you know it's like yeah. he's a he's a small uh you know uh what what's what's like the term like it's like you know you wouldn't expect them it's an un- unexpected hero or something like that um yeah, or a- a- anyways isn't like, one of them called an unexpected journey something like that <laughs> <laughs> but uh y- y- the underdog i don't know <laughs> not really that's um, all the hobbit movies yeah, yeah that's the that's the hobbit anyways but, but yeah it, it's nice it's nice to see a character Going on an adventure that's bigger than himself. No pun intended with the Hobbits. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> um, but but for Guardians of the Galaxy, which I saw this week, yeah. uh, like my main complaint about that movie was I was thinking like you got these guys who are kind of this ragtag bunch. They have a, all of them have these painful pasts that yeah. bother them. They're space scoundrels. Um, so uh, you know, and they're like none of them like to play by the rules really like they're yeah they're they're like you said they're they're kind of space pirate kind of things you have this like this raccoon who's kind of a jerk to everybody and you have this well let's have them fight a planet yeah. like and uh like just fight <laughs> save the universe and to me like i think you were mentioning uh about how you would like to see it done is like i think it'd be better if they had kind of a smaller it's more of a smaller adventure that fit their characters better yeah they lose vision of themselves they they start looking at this this big grand adventure that they can go on but you're not catering to what makes those characters interesting when the first one came out the initial one and it shows the trailer and it's very colorful and you can see it has like yeah these colorful kind of space scoundrel type characters i assumed the movie scoundrel that's a good i assumed the movie especially the title of them they're the guardians of the galaxy and the main character's name is star lord and everyone kind of makes fun of him for that Without looking anything into the movie or the comic or anything, I thought that was just kind of like a fun like play on words in that they actually just go on like these the small little space adventures involving like themselves, but they call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy, like they're just hyping themselves up. And I thought that sounded like a lot of fun, but then it turns out, oh, they actually are kind of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, they're apparently like always in the last half hour, of course. Yes. Like, like the, oh, first, yeah. the first hour, <laughs> hour and a yeah. half, they're just like yeah. doing whatever the random stuff is, which is what the best part of, you know, like yeah, the first those, half of the first Guardians was great. It both was, of like, those movies really, uh, I don't want to say fall apart, but they do start going downhill in the third act. Yeah, and I it mean, gets, it gets, they lose vision of themselves. They just def- get too ahead of themselves. Definitely, if I, it, because you brought up Space Scoundrel, now I think of Han Solo, and I think. Uh, you know, at the at the end of the at the of the trilogy, what does he do? Like it's like, oh well, let's get him fighting the the Sith Master Han Solo. It's like no, they just send him on like a little mission down yeah. down on the planet, yeah. and that makes yeah. sense for his character. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna. Thirty-eight minutes. I was doing a bang-up job over. <laughs> Thirty-eight minutes until we hit Star Wars. Usually, here. I'm the first to slip on, on pooping on Star Wars. Um, not any- I. Anyways, where were we on Mad Max here? So actually, uh, I think I have to I have to read an ad here. Or we're gonna yeah, run we'll out of make, time, or else so. we won't be able to afford this episode. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> won't won't have to. So um, okay, let's. Uh, so George Mollerado? Yeah, George. Is he paying George us for Muller- that mention earlier? Pardon? Is he paying us for that mention earlier? He better. He's gonna pay me an auto. Pay up, George. <laughs> um, this episode of Real Movies with Real Men brought to you by the Less Diarrhea Diet. Do you have diarrhea six, maybe seven times a day? Do you constantly eat one entire pound of bacon and can't figure out why you can't take a solid loaf? Try the less diarrhea diet. Eat a little less bacon, a little less salt. Uh, Try to have like two or three things in your meals, you know, instead of just an 
like I said, an entire pound of bacon or maybe a pound of ground beef with, uh, you know, just taco seasoning, eating that straight, that's, uh, it's not going to treat you good. So try the less diarrhea diet, men. I, f- I feel like these ads are Is this? Uh, very telling of your personal life. Some of the previous <laughs> ones about jerking off in the shower and now having lots of diarrhea. Listen, let me tell you about how business works. You don't just you don't just go out into the world and just have business. You meet people based on what you're interested in and what your own life is, your personal experience. And that's how you scout for ads. Well, I, I, you just know people, man. It's listen, Andy. I know you don't know much about business, but let me tell you about business. It's about who business. you know, not what you know. So, so with this diet, but, like you, you basically just told us how to get less diarrhea. Yeah, that's the diet. So just, who, who who's paying us for this? No, it's a general yeah, who's gonna PSA, buy- you know, like get, get milk, right? The, the, the we milk, need money, man. Milk. <laughs> no, yeah. We're getting paid, I'm telling you. Who's paying the, us? The government. <laughs> so we're paying ourselves? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, if you're a very libertarian way about it, if, <laughs> yeah. if you view your own money as well, yours. the money doesn't come from anywhere. <laughs> then then I, could see that, I could see that you would think about that. So anyways. Thank if you, you, Canadian if you, government. If you have a lot of diarrhea, try the less diarrhea diet. Where can I buy the diet from? No, you just try it. <laughs> okay. You just have to try it. That sucks. We're going into into the under. We're going under the, the bottom line for this ad. Yeah. Right now. Uh, we're in the we're in the red right now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to Mad Max here. Thanks for the money, government, for the PSA, general health. They 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 want to save the the you know we have universal health care here, so they want. Yeah. People keep coming in for diarrhea. It's costing them money in hospital visits. So the government wants to get the word out. Yeah, thanks, thanks for some of my money back, government. Try, try, <laughs> yeah. try having less. <laughs> um, so yeah, back to Mad Max. Back to Mad Max. Back to Mad Max. Um, this movie goes by very quickly, by the way. It's it's the fastest two hour movie. It's the best use watched. of two hours we were, I've think, ever seen. I think we were five minutes into the movie. Uh, and uh, you made a joke last night. You were like, oh, it's already 35 minutes. I don't know if I quite got it, but like, I knew what, what you were riffing on. <laughs> yeah, well, because I, I always think about that movie, rewatching it. You get to the, the end of like, the first part of the car chase where they go through the big sandstorm, and it really feels like about 15 minutes yeah. has gone by. And then when you look at your clock, you realize like 35 minutes has gone yeah, by. Like, it's, 35 it's pretty... to 40 minutes has gone by. It's like, holy shit. That was that thirty five. Mm-hmm. Somehow they made thirty five minutes go in fifteen minutes. Like you look at your clock and it's all. You look at the clock. It's only been fifteen minutes, but then you look at the runtime. It's been thirty five minutes somehow. How's this movie doing this? <laughs> like it's just <laughs> weird magic. It's because there's always something going on, and they they don't waste a second in that movie. They're always telling George Miller is telling us something. Yeah. Like every second. So well, it's like it, oh yeah. It's because they're telling so much of the story through action. Right. In yeah. that you think you're just enjoying action, but you're actually retaining a fuckload of information mm-hmm. while it's going on, much like we were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, you, you know way more than you realize it if you just stop to think about it. So it makes it just a very, yeah, yeah very fast movie to watch. Normally, yeah, you go to the theater and you see, like you look at the runtime beforehand and you see that it's anytime after two hours, it starts to feel like a drag. A minute, you're like, okay, you're, it, the kickoff of the drag is happening. But then it gets to two hours and ten minutes, and you're like, oh. like if it's not a movie you're excited yeah. about, you're immediate, like you're just kind of going to see it. Like I'm probably going to see the new Aliens movie the- oh. later today. 
I'm going to see it out of curiosity, but if I look, I haven't even looked at the runtime, but if I look at the runtime and I see two hours and 10 minutes, it's like, okay, I'm not that excited about this. So that two hour 10 is getting rough. And then you see like two hour 20, which is becoming more and more common. It's like, yeah. ooh, if I'm not excited about this movie, that, and this isn't like a Martin Scorsese movie, that 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 extra 20 minutes, uh, you're on borrowed time. <laughs> just, just, just do what yeah. I do and go to the back of the theater and take a nap for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Then you're back to two hours. How do you nap <laughs> sitting up, though, Muller? You're yeah. some kind of weirdo that no, can take you, a nap in a chair? I'm not taking a nap. I, you just put all the seats down, and you lift up the armrests, and you lay along like five seats. Yeah, that sounds that sounds comfortable. Just go. The, that is pretty that comfortable. That sounds more comfortable than leaning back and falling asleep. <laughs> just lay a weirdo for doing. A little. <laughs> they, like, they, don't, they don't lock in place. That's the problem with those theater seats. You want to be able to lean back and lock them so they're stuck back. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's the difference then if, if Mad Max is 90 minutes of car chase, of excessive yes. violence and car chase? I, yes. I don't know if violence is the, quite the right word, but No, action. it's not like crazy over-the-top violence. It is a it's lot action, of, I guess. Like, it's not like there's lots of people being shot and stabbed. It happens here and there, but it's not like crazy. Yeah. Not, not like a John Wick. Usually it's more car crashes than anything. Yeah. Um, I guess that's still violence. So what's, 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 what's the difference between that excessive action and the excessive action, you know, that's a 30-minute excessive action scene in Man of Steel where there, they're, there's where they're little, just excessively crashing through buildings. Uh, it's it's the difference in what they're trying... With this specific example, like, it's the difference of what they're trying to portray. Like, Superman isn't supposed to be that. He's supposed to be, like, the ultimate American... He's supposed to be, like, the perfect <laughs> representation of the American embod embodiment, like, the American spirit, like, the basically in the 50s and 60s, American spirit. Um, he's supposed to be a hero. Stand up for, you know, good morals and all, all yeah, that Yeah, that that's why Superman isn't effective anymore, because he hasn't gotten very fat. So they, need, they need to <laughs> lard up that guy, yeah. and then he'll be another relevant... But he's like, superhero. he's like violently punching people through it. There is another part to this, which I'll get to, but uh, it's like he's like violently punching people through building after building after building. It's like, this doesn't fit the tone of this character, whereas the tone of the Mad Max universe is, it's, it's, it's post-apocalyptic. It's, it's, it's this, uh, everyone's lost their mind and everyone's just doing whatever they want and kind of attacking each other for resources. So, yeah, when you have that kind of violence, it feels justified. Superman's, like, I think of Superman, I think of him saving an old lady out of a burning building. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, what, not, but does that really make it boring? Like, it's action. Well, the other big key part of it uh, is that it's all just a CGI nightmare. Like, <laughs> yeah. I understand you have Superman. There are certain things you got to do with the computer to make work. Mm -hmm. But I guess that's not true. They had the old like seventies ones with Christopher Reeves that people seem. Yeah, he's, like. yeah, he flies around Earth and spins it backwards to turn back time. <laughs> Which is dumb. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they they managed to make it work. And but. how fast would he? How like he'd have to spin the Earth so fast? And then it would just kill everyone because yeah, everyone would just die. go flying off the bill off the, <laughs> off the planet. Oh yeah. Is that is that rotation important? I think so. <laughs> oh shit! Uh oh. <laughs> I'm not a geologist or so astronomer to, or anything. To like me, the that, problem. But I think so. To me, the problem with if I compare with Superman these, is no. yeah. The problem with well, if Star I yeah, if I, no, if I compare <laughs> these, uh, if I compare these action scenes, is that Superman was like, okay, uh, here's I don't know who is it, Zod? Yeah, is in the, the in Spock, Man of Steel, Doctor yeah, Spock, he's fighting. Was, I don't know. It was, um, my boy, Michael Shannon. Yeah, Mikey so, Shannon. Yeah, complete schlockfest. So it's like, okay, so let's battle Michael Shannon. Okay, um, one of us will win and one of us will lose. Yes. And then a half an hour go, goes by and then they say, 
one of us lost and and like that's it like yeah. that's all the information you got in the whole half hour yeah was just like whereas like mad max is like there's there's a, a constant like dynamic there's characters entering entering the scene they're leaving this character gets wounded so they're trying to like manage taking care of this character while people are yeah. boarding them or you know they they're like oh well we have to our, our you know our breaks have gotten cut so you you got to kind of manage that and and while they're doing this you know maybe a character dies so then that kind of un reveals what's going on here or like there's just there's just a con I, i'm not even i don't think i'm even doing the best job of like representing what type of story elements are being delivered yeah, during well, this action scene but definitely part of it is uh interesting uh villain motivate motivation i've always felt the best villain uh, pretty much in all forms of storytelling is a villain where you understand why they're doing what they're doing and right. we've talked about a morton joel yeah trying to he mm -hmm. wants an heir to his throne uh these people have taken uh, his means of getting the heir to the throne, which is a pregnant woman. Uh, and, yeah, it's like he's so power-hungry that he he's views these people as, as property, in essence. He's a horrible person, but there's a logic to why he's horrible. Zod is... I know it was something about their dying planet, so they wanted to make Earth their, their new planet, and they are terraforming it, or something like that. But it's like suddenly you go from a guy who... He just needs a new planet to live because his planet's run out of resources, and now he's an evil scumbag who's going to destroy another planet. It's like oh, okay, he's just he just suddenly wants like it's yeah, a, it's a big leap to go from I need a new place to live because because my current place is uninhabitable it's, yeah, it's to pretty, I'm going to kill yeah. like an entire race, it's, an entire it, planet of things and people to get what I want. It's definitely it's definitely along the lines of 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 me having moved and then I just went in and shot the person who was in the house and oh, I guess I live here now like yeah, oh, that's good yeah. <laughs> it's like you're not going to become your morals aren't going to change that drastically so yeah having a relatable villain is definitely relatable definitely. I don't know is it Morton Joe that relatable or well I say relatable but you just you understand his motivation yeah. his right. motivation has a logic to it right that's right. all that, I mean that, that you can feel yeah I'm just trying I'm trying to think of like it just seems like another part of this movie that's really interesting is there's a lot of different factions who are kind of all warring together. So it's like the way we we initially present it is, oh well, Morton Joe is chasing him because they got the they got the babes mm -hmm. or whatever. But but you have kind of this situation. So um, Mad Max's main co-star is uh, Furiosa. Yes, and she is basically, I don't know, she was kidnapped basically by. Yeah, by, she, by this clan, right? Her, yeah, her and her mom were kidnapped by a Morton Joe and his clan uh, when she was very young. Yeah, so she's worked her way up the ranks, gained yeah. all this authority, gained Essentially all this a, respect. Essentially a general in his army. Yeah, basically like very, very high... They call it an imperator. An imperator. Imperator. Um, and so she is basically putting it all on the line. So the stakes are really high because they're going to just like shove her in a shredder machine or something if they actually catch her because they're super... Because yeah, she, she's, al like, she's also betrayed them and cost them face, Yeah, it's like right? every bit of power and rank she's kind of earned doing like these insane uh, feats of strength and war. She's she's throwing it all... Yeah, she's throwing it all on the line. So a lot of a lot is at stakes for Furiosa. Again, they don't stop for a half an hour to, to tell you that while cutting to scenes, telling you about... To show Joe, how like, like amazing she is? Yeah. Like, yeah, you yeah can, that's the thing. You, they tell yeah. you so much about how amazing... I'm doing the finger quotes here. She is without stopping to do those things. It's like she's yeah. missing an arm. 
clearly it's like in the kind of world she's living in. Yeah. I doubt it's from a defect. It's probably from <laughs> uh, jumping from car to car and, and fighting people with chainsaws and I shit. Think that, um, yeah. I think that it might have, I think he might have cut her arm off actually. Could be. Um, because uh, like they talk about her like betraying him like before, like once or something like that. Um, yeah. Anyways, and the other thing too is like uh, you can tell they all fear and respect her because yes. while she's she's leading the convoy, they go off trail, and the guy, the one guy, goes up. He's like, "Where are we going?" She's like, "Oh, we're doing a going a detour or whatever." And he's like, "Oh, okay." Like, yeah, he doesn't. There must be a good it. reason for she it. If has, she's doing it. She's she's earned yeah. the respect and the rank so hard that they're not even saying, "Well, why are we going off track? We're supposed yeah, to be going to Gaston. This go is a resource it. run. Yeah. Why are we?" taking a complete, like a literal left a complete, turn. complete, yeah, yeah. A literal left turn. He's course. just like, all right, I'll tell the rest. And they just do it. Yeah, they listen to yeah, it. Yeah, until like, until a Morton Joe actually catches up with them and is and like, hey, attacking. she's yeah. betraying us. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't know. Like, I, you know, yeah. I, was, I was blindly following her until the last second. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Uh, very smart, simple, but oddly complex storytelling in that mm-hmm. regard. It's like you've stripped it down to just the actions, but the actions tell you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very crazy. So, it's very commendable. A, a, a big part of kind of the dy- the dynamics in the movie, like I was talking about, kind of come from these factions. So you've got a Morton Joe who's got the water and he's got the, he's got the tomatoes. Um, and then you have, you know, across way back, you got the bullet farm. Which got bullet I, farm. Cl- clearly they're, they're Immediately they're making... tell just in the name of <laughs> yeah. the place alone, you know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> he's, he's trading milk for bullets. Yeah, because this is like, it's like a world where, like in terms of survival and hoarding power, it's like you need... You need bullets. You need the basics. You need... Yeah. You need tools for war, so you need ammunition and guns. That's the, the first farm. basic. Then you need food and water. Yeah, you need yeah. food and water, <laughs> and then and gasoline and and gasoline. And those you are need all an energy yeah. source. Yeah, so you the, got the bull- they have this alliance that's covered yeah. all three bases. You got the bullet farm guys who all kind of have a look to them, and uh, you got the leader of the bullet farm who's this guy who's got like a belt made of bullets. He's got a hat made of bullets. He's so cool. One of his teeth, some of his teeth are made of bullets that he literally he'll like, pull his yeah. tooth out and load his pistol with with it. If he's got someone special to kill, you know. Well, I like it. It's it's just so perfect that this guy who runs bol- the bullet farm is like he's ready. He wants to shoot people. Like he's ready for the oh, fight. Yeah. Like they're all stuck in the mud trying to catch up, and he's like, "Oh, I'll go get them." And he's like, "Hey, don't hurt the wives." He's like, ah, "I won't. I won't." But then he just starts shooting his guns. Yeah, he, like, he doesn't. They're like, "You're gonna fuck. shoot the wives." He's like, "Nah, I'm just probing the area." It's yeah. like he doesn't care at all. He start. He gets up. He starts like the choir starts going. Sing, brother Heckler. Sing, other brother Koch. I am the conductor of the choir of death. Yeah. He's just firing his machine guns like in the air. Like this guy loves to shoot people. Yeah, he loves guns. He's got such a hard on for bullets and guns. He's he's like singing an O. To gun companies <laughs> like yeah. Heckler and Koch, it's, it's, it's hilarious. So um, after the bullet farmer, we got the uh, that fat guy who does who the accountant fellow, the who, people leader, the people leader. I um, so what, what, sorry, what faction was he from again? Uh, he's he's from Gastown. He's from Gastown. Okay. Yeah, he runs Gastown, but he's yeah. also you can tell. Between the alliance, like he's the stickler of, like he's almost their accountant in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Not just for money, but in terms of like he's he's yeah. he has this book and he's rat like every now and then he'll rattle off. It's like we're down this many people, like with this, this many, many bullets. Yeah. We've wasted yeah. this many gallons of of gasoline. Like like yeah. he's keeping track of everything, which goes really well into building this picture of how uh, like insane a Morton Joe is. Like how like it's like they're just going for like a stupid baby. 
Like it's like who cares? Like and, and it's like, but he is so consumed with building that that heritage. Like he doesn't care. Yeah. So so people are constantly reminding him how much more in the hole he's going, and yeah. it's like it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Like it's a so it, it just builds that character, which I think contributes. Yeah. Again you un- you to under- the story. Yeah. You understand his thirst for power, mm-hmm. and 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 the lineage. Like he wants he wants the immort he wants Immortan the Immortan Joe to mean something even after he's dead. Yeah. So it's, it's great. It comes and I and I mean I'm going to keep building the case for this here, but that's where it comes in. And so yeah, it's an important t- case to build because so many people <laughs> shit on it, and I feel like this is what's keeping it from being regarded as the classic that I think it is. I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it, but I don't know if it's keeping it. I think it. It's uh, maybe. I think it will be regarded as. I a think classic. it will be. Um, that, 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 that's a time will tell sort of thing. But I yeah. Think so. Um. But I think about yeah. Like what's what's Age of Ultron about? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess there's. It's kind of about AI a little. No, it's not. It's like, just a villain of the week it, thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, and and yeah. like and anything more. It's uh, like about the Avengers, like trying to work together as a team. They, yeah, to it's, defeat the, it's a villain of the week intertwined with. Uh, I think at that point in the the Avengers timeline of them, uh, they're they're causing a rift in the relationship. Tony Stark does this thing and accidentally creates Ultron, and it kind of places doubt between them. I think. I saw Age of Ultron, but yeah, I, I haven't seen a lot of, of the, a lot of the the sub movies. So I think I'm I think things it is as much as I can. like I think all of them are just about working together as a team. Like I, I was going yeah, to say every, that's what that movie is about, first, but it's like, like that's what the first one was about yeah. too. Um, and it's like, well, what's uh, like what's Mad Max about? It like it's like well, it's like it's a story about of redemption. It's a story of uh, people who. Um, yeah, who are like power hungry yeah. or like are obs- are obsessed with and all of their other areas are killing people and trying to survive in this yeah, universe. It's 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 a story about with little resources to rely on outside of these people. Yeah, it's a story about what happens to you when you don't have hope in your life. Uh, like I think that that's a theme that mm-hmm. comes. There's a lot of things that Mad yeah. Max is about. Yeah, I actually... I, I have no idea what... Uh, for for all the dialogue that we had sprinkled through Age of Ultron, I don't know what the movie is about. Yeah, there's not a lot of deeper themes than just what whatever the literal, the literal story is. Whereas the more, the more I themes read... Themes are more important than words. Yeah, pretty much. Like, the more I dig into uh, some of the more behind-the-scenes sort of stuff uh, in, Matt, in Fury Road and listening to interviews with George Miller, the director, you realize that how smart of a movie this is one of the things that like just kind of opened my eyes to it watching an interview of him I, he's saying he's like a lot of it's like i feel like a lot of uh post-apocalyptic movies get something wrong is that it's always just this it, everything's just destroyed everything's in ruins but he's like even in the early caveman days or primitive man sort of days they still made things they still created things there's still paintings of of what they saw around the world and you see that so much in Mad Max. It's like, yeah, they're all just starving for resources and whatnot, but they're still creating things. They still have these cars which are, are artistically designed. They all have their steering wheels which are say something about their personality. They dr- oh, there's so much they art They dress in, it, in like. a certain way, and it's like, yeah, it's like suddenly when you stop to think about it, this movie's actually saying something about the relationship that human nature and art have. Like, it's, it's ingrained into us. Yeah. Even even when we're starved for resources dying or in, in primitive state or futuristic states, like, that, that uh, want, that need to create something is there. And it's like, in this movie, that's just basically, you know, it's a car chase movie. But there's actually speaking a little bit, like, about the nature of humanity. Oh, in, man, in it. watching that. It's, it's so mm-hmm. uh, surprisingly smart. Yeah. Uh, watching that, by the way, just as, as a sidebar, that that car 
behind the scenes thing, just to kind of talking about all the cars and starting to get some closer, like some close ups on like all the detail and yeah, like on the art and the cars. Like, yeah, you've got a Morton Joe's like symbol all over these things and whatnot. You've got the guy who's counting the cost. His car is just full of ledgers and like, and yeah. like accounting, like, like, like books that he's just sitting there, like writing things on and whatnot. And like, there's so much detail that goes into every car. Like, there's like 60 or 70 cars oh, that are all just dressed up. I think they built something like 90 vehicles for it like proper built vehicles they're not just like staging things these are working vehicles with v8 engines or and or double v8 engines yeah <laughs> <laughs> or just like yeah it's our monster trucks yeah, and like such a such i can't i can't it's 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 overwhelming to try to describe i it cannot all. tip my hat enough to the production team for that for comfort for putting forth that effort and then knocking out of the park so bad like so well yeah i love like kind of they they also have something to talk about, um, like when we talk about Immortan Joe as this cult of personality. Um, you know, like he's 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 basically the leader of a cult if he was in a modern. Oh, he day, definitely right? is. Like he talks about like he's like I will guide you to Valhalla. Val yeah, he, he, yeah like he has like, set himself up as a deity, basically. Yeah, basically, and and yeah, like he has the because he has the power to send you to heaven. Yes, or, or not, <laughs> basically. But yeah, you're totally. I'm just wondering if like I guess they wouldn't consider it a cult in the. You know, in the it's all we got. <laughs> no, because like uh, <laughs> like like any cult, like the 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 followers, like they don't they don't know that they don't realize what they're doing. It's crazy. It's a spiritual thing to them, yeah, especially. Yeah, yeah. Like I I I love the whole war boy uh, spirituality. They're Morton Joe's gang called the War Boys. Like I love how they have like these crazy rituals. They seem to worship the V8 engine. Yeah, the, like, they all have tattoos of of crazy engines what, on them. What I was gonna bring up next is like um, w when it talks about when we talk about like dictators and history and philosophy, um, a big part of it is like, you can't worship a person like, mm -hmm. like you, you inevitably do, but there's, there's always like these layers of abstraction. Right. So yeah. when we talk about worshiping the V8 engine or talking shiny and Chrome, like and they're they just worship Chrome and V8 engines. Like you have to create a layer of abstraction that people are obsessed with that gets impressed onto you. Yeah. And like, that's how like that type of dictatorship works like you like people don't just worship hitler like they they worship he, an ideology yeah he has an ideology yeah. and um you know they you know i don't know whatever it is they hate jews or he's gonna be the savior to their bad economy and their money not being yeah. worth it or wh whatever it is so it, it's all built into this and it's like yeah if you're not paying attention then you're not going to notice but it's it's it, it it's following these structures and teaching you about how that works if you can t pay attention for a second but yeah in terms of I, we're, we're hitting on a note that i do uh, want to talk about a bit uh, is just, yeah, the inherent kind of smartness of this movie and all these things about it. It's like, yeah, it seems wacky, them worshipping the V8 engine, stuff like that. But there's actually like a night, like on almost all of these things that you can point out as being wacky and goofy, which I think we should go over a few. Yeah, it's... it's um, a lot of them have a nice real-world application or logic to them. So if, when we're talking about them worshipping the V8 engine, like they have this shrine of car steering wheels yeah they, it's they, they, huge they it looks chant. like a christmas tree just hanging like a giant christmas yeah. tree but there's just like 90 car steer like art really artsy you know metal chrome steering wheels yeah and like they chant like before going on the mission they're chanting v8 v8 and they're doing this this hand symbol yeah like, the, with like their, the v, their yeah. fingers in a steeple formation yeah <laughs> jupiter but sorry. yeah again so looking more more <laughs> behind the scenes interviews with george miller he's talking about it and he said you have these these the 
the war boys. They're all young. They're all like no older than 30 and they're dying very young. They don't know anything of the old world, the, the pre-apocalyptic world. They don't know anything of normal, like the society that we live in. And to them, there's like, there's no even like buildings left in this world. The only things that have survived the test of times is like the V8 engines and all these old cars. These aren't new cars that they're Yeah, they're making. not plastic. Yeah, they're not like, yeah, like they're not making these these vehicles for the most part. They're not making these vehicles. They're or they're at least making them from something that existed from the old world, whether like the car frame or the, or the engine or whatever. So to them, they're seeing it as more. They're not. It's not just a vehicle to them. It's a relic from the old world. Right. Okay. And it's yeah. the only thing that 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 has stood that test of time, and that they think it will survive. It's on. eternal. Exactly. But the V8 will be in Valhalla. You see, Valhalla what, I, you see what I mean, though? It's like you can see it as silly. It's like all these guys chanting and worshiping the V8 engine, but it's like, ah, eh, there's there's a nice whether that's what would happen, maybe not. But there's a logic. At least right. there's a logic to it. When it's I talk, not just silliness. When I think about defining aesthetics, um, usually what I'm what I would say when I talk about that is. Um, the aesthetic is not necessarily how something quote looks, but it's like it's the superficial qualities. Um, so when we talk about a story of redemption, well, well, how can that look? There's a lot of stories you could tell about that, but yeah. the theme underneath is what matters, right? And so, Mad Max has a lot of silly aesthetics, like the yes. V8 be, mm-hmm. being, but but it's it's this theme underneath of the yeah this eternal symbolism, um, this connection to a cult leader. There's all these underlying things that are not silly at all yeah. they're 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 so i think it takes a very confident director or like a really confident yeah, person absolutely. to be okay with having silly aesthetics yeah. well that's but deeper yeah i'm okay with that because i'm comfortable with the with the depth of what of what we're building yeah well let's talk about the silliest i'm doing finger quotations here because the, the, the thing that i see like when we talk about these silly things in this movie that that gets the most flack uh, is the Doof Warrior. And for those who oh, know who the fuck yeah. I'm talking about when I say that because they never actually mention his name in the movie, I'm talking about the guitar guy and his big guitar rig because he was heavily in the trailer. Like, people saw right. that because how the fuck do you not put that in yeah. the trailer? So fucking <laughs> he's got, cool. So he's got, I don't know, probably more amplifiers than ACDC back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> like, with yeah. their wall of amplifiers Strap, that aren't even plugged in just for show. to a big military truck with, like, these crazy tribal drums hanging off the back connected to, like, an... Like an air conditioning. Yeah, it's got to be like a thirty-foot-long vehicle that's just a stage. Apparently, basically. apparently they made it out of like I think it was. Oh yeah, it was like an air duct. It was like a, mis- like, it was like a, a industrial like air duct. Yeah, yeah, thing but but something. like the whole truck itself was like literally a military truck. I think meant to transport missiles. <laughs> How cool is that that they've repurposed this thing? Missiles of music. But yeah, <laughs> so they have this guy, and you see him. He's playing. It's it. On, on face value, it's the goofiest, dumbest thing because it pans around. He's kind of dressed silly in like this red He looks like he's dressed in like... Red in, pajamas. Yeah, pajamas with like a butt flap that you'd expect to open yeah. Like, yeah. on Christmas morning. Like that's how silly this guy looks. <laughs> what, what's your family doing on Christmas morning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, butt yeah. flaps opening. What do, you need, <laughs> what do you need access to the butt so quickly for that you have to have a flap on the go? <laughs> Diarrhea. It's, I wasn't on the less yeah. diarrhea time diet at the time, so make sure you guys get on that. You won't look like an idiot like this do for you. <laughs> but yeah, I, I talking about uh, talking to people after watching this movie about it and being like, "Yeah, that guy's so fucking cool." Because how do you not think he's fucking he's so cool? cool. Like he's, just, I he's, he's got a double guitar that's like made out of chrome. It's made out of a bedpan, the base of it. <laughs> 
really? Yeah, Girl, if bedpan. you look at it, it the, like the base of it is a bedpan. The thing, sh- the thing is a flamethrower, so it shoots flames at the end when you when you hit it in the right spot. Yeah, and they're just driving through the fucking desert with all these crazy vehicles, and then suddenly you have this gigantic one with this huge speaker rig. He's playing some. Like, There's got to be like twenty amps on it, like yeah. like in cabs. Yeah, like, and he's playing like this just sludgy, gross sounding heavy metal, and then shooting flames out of it. Now, to me, even on a face value, as as a heavy metal fan, I view that and I think that's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's so great. Uh, so where, sorry, go ahead. Where do, you're informed by 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 a, by an already big interest in metal, though. Yes. And there's a certain flaw because usually when people look at metal, all oh, these guys, you know, they're like they're tearing people's heads off. They're they're screaming about you know just like <laughs> killing people and all like that's so disgusting and violent. That's and, all metal is. Yeah, yeah, that's all. It, well. I, I, yeah, the thing about metal is much like we we always talk about when Commando comes up and it being aware of itself. I think a lot of people don't think heavy metal is aware of itself, and I will say that some metalheads are not. But I think most metal is aware of itself, and it's just about yeah. cranking everything up to the highest degree possible. Uh, is that all it's about? The thing is, it's all about just. Uh, it's not taking itself too seriously. Yeah, it's taking seriously something that's not that serious. The, the, the yeah. example that I always give uh, that I got from a man, I believe his name is Tim Schafer, the guy who made that Brutal Legend game, that, yeah, that yeah. heavy metal video game. Not a game I particularly liked, but I loved listening to him talk about it like before the game came out. And his, it, it his was ex- cool aesthetics. Like they, oh, aesthetically, it was just bad aesthetically, gameplay. Yeah, yeah. We're not going <laughs> to get into that game because I don't really have much to say about it. But it's a big, like, crazy heavy metal universe where everything looks like the album of, like, an old Judas Priest cover. But he was talking about this, and he's saying, yeah, you look at a heavy metal album cover, and it's always like... A weird skeleton man <laughs> jumping a motorbike over a chrome volcano. <laughs> now you look at that, and that that's silly. It's stupid, but it's also awesome at the same time. And everyone fucking knows it. Like you look at that thing, it's like, yeah, this is the dumbest, silliest thing ever. Yeah. Also awesome. That doesn't make it not awesome. And when I see the Doof Warrior, that was my initial thought. Of course, it's, yeah, you see it, and I'm just like, yes. Like you're th- like. It's the cheesiest thing, but you're throwing up the horns. I know that's a cheese. I'm doing it right now. It's like I know it's that cheesy thing, but that's that's what it is. It's like, yeah, this is rock and roll, and it's in the way that rock and roll is great. That's what I thought when initially seeing it. And I talked to people about this after the movie, the, the, the guitar dude, and thinking, yeah, how cool was he? And they're like, yeah, it was pretty dumb, though. And they just see that. But then I immediately, upon watching the movie, I got the application, like the real logic to why something like that in a world where they are starved for resources and gas and they're just pissing it away by playing, <laughs> yeah, by he, seemingly he's shooting just playing a flamethrower yeah. out the end. Like, how much gas is that going to yeah. use? Like, yeah. now it's definitely over the top because the Mad Max universe is over the top. It's, it's the craziest aspects of heavy metal and punk rock in the form of a story. But on top of it, again, I, I got this application immediately, but listening to interviews with George Miller kind of confirming it, uh, saying, yeah, you look at every, every army battle, every, every fleet, every armada, they always have their drummer boy. They're going through some crazy, like whether it's a, a, a fogged like, uh, ocean they have to travel across or whatever, they have some ship that has all the drums on it to guide all the other ships through the fogs, the various fogs of war. And when you have all these crazy, just stupidly loud V8 and V12 (laughs) engines, like apparently they said those things were definitely loud on set. They're pretty loud. Just stupidly loud. Um, Yeah, so if you want to guide like three different factions that are miles and miles apart, you got to have something louder than that. Especially with their sandstorms and all this crazy stuff going on there. Like 
Yeah, that so makes I, a lot of sense. Yeah, so I think yeah. of like, yeah, what's what's a punk rock heavy metal version of that that makes sense? Realistically, yeah, he just needs some kind of drum beat going yeah. along. And also, it also works as like, oh, this is a motive. On top of that, it, this is a motive. We're, we're motivating the fleet. Yeah, we're going to war. This oh, is, totally. This is our drum beat. Yeah, that's not, them that's not some outlandish idea. Like, that's, no, that's, a, that's not, an age like, old idea as far as going to war. Let's get the adrenaline goes. going. It's like all these, like, going to Why war. Why do we have military drummers? Like, yeah. that's a thing. That still exists. Going to war, I'm going to imagine as someone who will never do it for <laughs> anyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like the I like the idea that you're implying that you might do it, but there's no one that you believe in enough to, to, to do well, it. Well, maybe for. if like in this fictional uh, universe, if maybe something you'd go like to that work for a Morton Joe. Yeah, you you had a Morton Joe there. Maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe you'd be willing to do it and um, play the drums at least. But yeah, it's not crazy that it's like okay, these people who may be terrified to do what they're about to do. It's like let's just get them pumped. Let's make them not even think about the dun 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 dun, dun, dun but do that with a crazy flamethrower guitar. Yeah, there's it's silly. I just I like that, but there's a nice application. It's this idea, to it. though. Mm. When I talk about aesthetics again, it's like people who are willing to write something off because they don't like the aesthetic, and they're totally missing the point. Like, like you're you're, you're sticking your nose at, at this thing, like you're too good for it, and you're too stupid. Like you're below it. Like you're you're too stupid to yeah. notice what's going mm. on. Like it, it's just it's. It's it's I think we were using that analogy of this person tripping over a coffee table and like yeah. smashing and like because yeah. you know just getting shards and like you're just looking stupider and stupider. It's, yeah, it's you're just, definitely. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. To me, they've doubled down on the stupidity because immediately if you just view it as oh it's just a silly guy playing guitar and you don't think that's awesome, immediately I'm like okay you're 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 no fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's immediately just on a visual level it's awesome and then when you see it in use it's like oh it's practical too. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's silly and awesome and practical to the story all at the same time, but yeah, they're doubling down on their stupidity because it's like you don't even see it as visually awesome, but then also you're you also don't see ignoring, it as practically you're awesome ignoring as the logic of it at the same time. You don't get anything from this totally awesome thing. Yeah, fuck you, off. Stop yeah. watching movies. Yeah. Watch they they had actual drums else. too though like didn't they have like a ton of drummer guys yeah the drummers yeah, are the, the drummers are the, attached to oh, the back yeah so so they put this huge industrial air like it's like a, it's a ventilation unit so it's like you imagine you know what you got in your house right you've got the little it's like two feet by two feet it kind of goes up it's coming out of your furnace just imagine that except it's like twelve feet by twelve feet because yeah. it's this industrial thing and then they plunk all these drums in it so I don't know if you've ever like. I, I guess you guys are too stupid to have dealt with subwoofers ever in your life, but the box, you know, in your car, you got the guys, the, the rap guys thumping, right? The, I, I have know minor of, experience with what you're so, talking so about. So if you shove, you shove, a, you shove the sub into the box um, and it makes noise, right? And the box amplifies the noise. Yeah. If you've ever, if you've ever put a subwoofer in like a box that's really big, yeah. Like it, and and the, like you can just walk up to the sub, the speaker and tap on it, and the whole thing, yeah, like yeah, you'll yeah. feel that kind of that sub feeling that you get in your chest. It's not even plugged in. Like you're just yeah. tapping because the box. So you imagine that you've shoved all these drummers on like this twelve foot by twelve foot like vent like closed off ventilation, and you've just cut a hole in it and put the drum in. Like that drum is going to be thunderingly loud. Yeah. Like all like all like you don't need an amplifier at all like i think actually amplifying it probably wouldn't be as loud as what you're gonna get out of this yeah so what's it's awesome what's great on that level when you're saying that is that they actually built this fucking yeah thing. it actually works you <laughs> see this thing in the trailer and in the movie know that they actually built that fucking thing you know that going into it 
that's actually built, and it's built to work as it looks like it does in the universe in the movies. Meaning, they actually built this giant truck that comp- that is wired up to that guitar, and uh-huh. they had the actor, who is just a musician, some Australian musician, just playing guitar during scenes on it. That's so so sweet. that thing probably was just fucking loud. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's so great. And the cool thing too is, uh, it's not every time, but a bunch of times when they show the Doof Warrior, yeah. usually the riff he's playing, it usually plays into the actual music of the movie that's going yeah. on too. Go, it's awesome. Um, another thing I was just thinking while we were talking about like the drummer guys attached to the back of the vehicle. How great is it when you put yourself in the mindset of those drummers? They got this giant, like they're behind the speakers, so they can't see anything in front of them. They're literally just strapped in to play drums. They have no idea if they're about to get in some hideous car wreck or, or whatever, which they do at the end of oh, the yeah. movie. Like yeah. they're just strapped in, like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing. This is my today. life. Yeah, <laughs> this is my life. Uh, if That's we're about funny. to crash, I won't know to bail. <laughs> like I'm just fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So. I really feel that the world that they paint with Mad Max, I mean, the original Mad Max kind of created this post-apocalyptic world. Like that was, they were like the, it was like the invention of the desert wasteland. Like anything that you. Pretty well. I'm sure it's maybe there's probably. There's always some obscure thing way in the past. Everything's always. You invent electricity and some guy hundreds of years later, like was rubbing his socks on the floor. He actually invented it before (laughs) you. And, but, but you know, here's the guy who's known for it. I'm sure he was inspired. There was inspiration or influence from somewhere, but yeah, it's definitely the thing that kicked Mm -hmm. it off. Like, so, yeah, whatever video games you're playing that are in the wasteland, whatever zombie movies. Yep. Certainly Big Borderlands and Fallout, two yeah. gigantic games that are heavily, heavily borrowing from Mad Max. Yeah, so this guy is basically... In a good way. To try to separate that world from the story is, I think, is pretty dumb. Um, because you're just learning about a world. Like, I mean, definitely anybody who's going to come here and defend Avatar uh, and talk about what a great story that, that movie had, like when mm-hmm. a lot of that was all about this world that they had kind of created that apparently, you know, a bunch of teenagers want to kill themselves so that they can go and be in. Please do it. (laughs) I I have no... No inkling to be around people that are interested in that world, <laughs> like this perverse world with a bunch of blue fairy furry people <laughs> that they totally. If you're going to defend that, you sure as hell better not be slagging off Mad Max for not having much of a story. Like holy, <laughs> holy crap! So I think, yeah, I think that the world um, and the characters, every it's everything that you're seeing in this movie is what contributes to that story. Because it's like, yeah, you can watch Lost, and every episode they're gonna. They're going to do some flashback to something that this guy, you know, that whatever Sherlock did before he got on the island and mm-hmm. you have a bunch of... Like, you don't have to do that in any of Mad Max because you just see it happening right before you. Like, I, I don't need to... I don't need... Oh, I got sick. I've got boils disease. Like, let's see how that affected me. It's like, no, no, no. We just see him... We see him put the armor on. They're blowing the dust on the guy and he's got the boils on him. Like, that's... We get it. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, we don't need anything more than that. And all of that... It's like if you're paying attention, if you're listening. Like I didn't have to teach myself how to do visual storytelling. I saw this movie. I, I got all that I was seeing. And every time I've seen it subsequently, I've seen more. And then I was surprised when people were saying there was no story. Like I, they totally blindsided yeah, so- me. Like I, like I, there was, I, did, I had no... There was no part of me that was like, oh, well, some people just aren't going to get it. Like to me, I thought it was very obvious. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's funny. You, yeah when we talk about beyond the universe and the storytelling that goes on, there are so many subtle moments that, yes, maybe on a conscious level, you might not have picked it up, especially if you're a casual movie goer and you only watch this movie once and there's so many things going on in this movie. But there are so many, every time I watch the movie, and I've seen this movie a lot, 
uh, there's so many little things that I notice. These little moments that are telling your story that you're totally retaining, but you maybe aren't fully focusing like on a conscious level on. Uh, like I have. No, I was going to bring this up next, so go ahead. Sure, sure. No, um, like, well, let's look at a, a smaller character, not the main character, but Nux. He's one of the war boys that eventually descends from a Morton Joe and joins. He kind of realizes that, oh, yeah, maybe. Well, well, I guess he fails the cult so badly that he, yeah. he's just happy anyone will accept him, really. But initially, so we have this great setup of seeing, like, their weird spiritual, like, kamikaze rituals. When they're in, like, the heat of war and in these crazy car chases and they're about to die and they want to sacrifice themselves to the yeah. cause. So this one guy... Yeah, this one. Yeah, this one guy gets shot with arrows, right? Yeah, like right through the head. Right. Like he yeah, is, he's, he's he's got minutes to live. Basically. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, he's he's totally dead. And then what does he do? Yeah, he's he he kind of gets himself up. And I, what I love about that scene too is like everything quiets down and all the characters are suddenly looking at him because they know he's about to do something. They know that like he is about he's about to to push this forward like way further. Sprays his mouth with, with with silver chrome spray paint. <laughs> yeah, it's it jumps up. But it's like, in like this cool holster too. It kind of looks like a perfume, like like an old timey like silver metallic perfume. Yeah, it's sprayer, definitely like a like device that they've created. But yeah, everyone's looking around at him, and he shouts, "Witness me!" And they all shout, "Witness!" And he dives down and with and with these explosives in his hand and blows up a car that was pursuing them. So you have this great setup of, of this witness me ritual. They shout this and they're, they're all kind of grading each other on how good their sacrifice was. So they don't, they don't take you know, time to explain the different ways that the war boy mm. faction and spiritual and religion or whatever you want to call it works. But you get an example. You get well, a uh, beautiful no, example. What, of it. what they really should have done is they should have given them like a, a debriefing Manila mm-hmm. envelope, and they said, "Well, listen, this Max, is how you're like, to like, do it. like this is what's going to happen. Like, uh, if you ever see anybody yeah. do this, like, know what, know what's going debriefing on." Debriefing Max, and they got like yeah, their portfolios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, so, like, yeah be, Max, be on the lookout here. Here's yeah. some satellite uh, black and white photos yeah. of like what's going on. Like what's, the infrared. So what's, what's great is so Nux has seen this happen. He's part of the War Boys. Like he knows all. About this ritual. Max doesn't. He's kind of strapped along. He's a prisoner at this point, but he's watching it happen. So now it's like when when you see this happen, when you see spray paint come out and they're all shouting witness and witness me, you know Max and us as the audience, we know what's about to happen. Nux is part of this cult. It was already, by the way, just cool on its yes, own. Yes, it was already just <laughs> fucking it's cool. A, so they have this side shot of the guy jumping off this tall war rig. So it's yeah. like 15 feet off the ground, 12 feet off the ground or something onto a car that's like two or three feet off the ground, you know, just a yeah. just a regular car. So you have this side profile. The guy jumps off. I think it was in the commercial too yeah. with this big spear with a grenade on the end of it. And uh, and if you look at the behind the scenes of this too, they've got the guy set up on this rig. He, and he actually, actually does this. did it. Too, yeah, which the, is the ball. Balls on this guy. <laughs> yeah, so he just he he dives off of this thing, and then basically the the harness captures catches, catches him, him like, like one foot like, above the car. Yeah, like he's just, very just, close, just a couple feet before the spiky car, which actually had spikes on it. Those weren't like rubber spikes or anything like that. And it pulls him back, and then they they compose that. Wait, with a they ship. had the spikes in like when he did. Oh it. yeah, so the buzzards oh, yeah. cars, God. the crazy spiky cars, those are real metal spikes. Yeah, so those cars just have like like two or three foot like serrated like spikes all over them. Rusty, like, they just look like a porcupine. This, yeah. Uh, the, apparently he the, did that? The, oh my God. Yeah, the stuntmen, like just the stunt drivers and all, they said they were a little concerned to work with it and the way they got around crashing them in the safest way possible is all of the spikes were ready to break off. So oh, as soon okay. as the car started tumbling, they just broke off. They weren't going to like push in through them and hit them. Oh, I'm sure okay. there's a bit more to it, but 
Those were real metal that's, spikes. That's freaky, man. Well, just like because I know the guy actually made the jump, and then they had basically a rope that kept but him even from so, falling like, all the way. The balls, like you're putting so much faith in the <laughs> rig and the crew to catch to catch you, and they did it in a moving vehicle. So it's like even if you don't hit the spiky car, if that rope, the rig breaks, and some you're still you like just fall under you're the still car, jumping and get run under over. a car, like <laughs> yeah, the ball. So anyway. Uh, so we see this witness me uh, ritual. You know what's going to happen. It's established what's going to happen, and then Nux tries to do it again. By right. So he's up in the car. so he's in the sandstorm. Max is we're talking about in the sandstorm here, yes. right? So Max is on the back of the car. He's trying to get into the car uh, because he's he's kind of strapped to the outside, and Nux is inside. You know, he's tightened up all the he's rolled up the windows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and now he's gonna he fills his car full of. Full of gas, gasoline, or, or some sort of flammable liquid. And he's, he's lighting a flare. Before that, he sprays his mouth with chrome. He says, "Witness me, blood bag." And he's talking to Mad Max. And it's like, so when Max hears that, oh, okay, shit, like he's about to kill us both. Like he yeah. knows what's going to happen. But what's great, the point, the point I want to want to get across, uh, you have this arc where where Nux is part of this, and when he says, "Witness me," and sacrifices himself, it's like to him, it's about this this spiritual like. Proving himself to, yeah, if he to sacrifices himself, he'll to go to heaven. Joke. He'll go to Valhalla. And then at the end of the movie, he has the opportunity to get everyone off of the war rig safely into the vehicle in front of him and then crashes his own car to stop all the other cars behind him from getting So getting let's past. set this up a little... I'm going to set this up a little better because sure. I don't think you fully ex- explained it. Um, but so basically, he's driving this humongous semi-truck war rig uh, through this canyon and there's one narrow way through. Yeah. So... Uh, if 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 the car gets crashed in the narrow way, it it will block off. And everything. all these other yeah. cars are basically tailgating the, sh- the, yeah, the fuck out of each other. There's in like a 40 narrow, cars in like, a narrow <laughs> canyon. So yeah, he he. So he, all his friends are ahead of him. And yeah, if, and they if get he, they get through the canyon. And if if he can just somehow plug the canyon, then he'll have saved them all because yes. everyone will be stuck behind him. Okay. So so at that point, he looks to one of the wives that kind of helped him. Uh, become become good. And One real, of the clean women. Kind of realize transition. Real, <laughs> kind of realize his humanity. Uh, he looks yeah. to her. He kind of whispers, "Witness me." Tips the car, blocks him off, and sacrifices himself. So this idea of sacrificing himself for this this spiritual cult, which is he's just being used. The whole witness me and the sacri- and Nux is sacri- trying to sacrifice himself takes a whole nother level. Immediately, just just seeing him try to to do the witness me sacrifice at the beginning and then successfully doing it at the end, but for different reasons. Immediate arc. You've immediately created kind of a beautiful arc. Yeah, and he tries to do Just it several times before. Like, like there are several times where he tries. He's getting people to witness him yeah. as he goes to he sacrifice himself. He sprayed his mouth a few times in the movie. I think, yeah, like there's a yeah. there's a point where a Morton Joe he says yeah. he's, he's yeah. like if you accomplish this, I'll carry you to the gates of Valhalla myself. Yeah. Sprays you know on his on his face with the chrome. The 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 orchestra is playing and it's like this grandiose thing. Nux immediately trips and falls. Yeah. And, and then and they mediocre and they they scream at him and drive off cuz he's, yeah. he's 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 made a, a huge fool of himself in front of everyone. Yeah, and that, that's another example. It's like so he's he's tried sacrificing him before and he's been judged he's been deemed a failure for it. And now it's like he can finally kind of sacrifice himself for a, a righteous cause, an actual like cause that's close to his heart and not the cult, uh, and it and and yeah, it's, it, he's not. It's not just all oh, you mediocre piece of shit. It's like okay, now I'm doing something. Like now mm-hmm. I'm really doing something. It's like 
This is fucking beautiful yeah, story. Yeah, it's a, and on top of it, this truck crashing is the yeah, most beautiful of this, piece of this action you've ever seen. Car, car so crash. you have this truck, and behind it, right behind it, is the Doof Mobile and like all these other cars. It tilts and crashes, and the camera's looking straight at the truck. So the truck, truck's driving into the camera, and like a million parts all just kind of fly off. You've got tubas and yeah. drum sets, mm-hmm. and they're off. Like it's like. I think they filmed it in slow motion, like with like one of those high speed cameras. Yeah, they did. And, yeah. You and can watch the unedited footage of it, and it's very similar. It yeah. looks it looks animated, and it's all they just did it. it they just, just crashed yeah. this truck. It's incredible. Like when it I found looks, out that that was not an animated shot, I was honestly just blown away. It yeah. looks like every piece flying off the truck was deliberately animated to be a part of this gorgeous like car destruction. But really, they just destroyed it. They and, just and crashed it just, the truck. And it just happened to look that gorgeous. They I added, think they, they did it a few this... times. I think they had a few takes. No, they, no that just was one. one take. They had one take to get that. They, oh had, they had three rigs, right? They had one that they blew up, one that they had to film in, and yeah. then they had that one for the crash. <laughs> and they had to nail it or they were screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just fucking... Incredible. Just great. But yeah, so just tons of these little like story moments even you want to talk about something like that that's a bit bigger because it takes the scope of the whole story but you want to talk about something super simple in that max's boot tells a nice little story has a nice little story arc oh right because he, he, he loses his boot he, at the beginning he right? gets his boot because nux's nux's kind of partner in in his car who's throwing the spears max kicks him off of kicks the guy off his name's slit he kicks him off of it and the guy grabs his boot as he's falling max loses his boot then him and Nux get in this big car crash, and then while Nux is passed out after the car crash, Max takes his boot, so he has a boot again. And he's got and a then, again. So so Nux doesn't now Nux is shoeless, and and he yeah the, clearly it's like he had his, Max had his boot taken from him. He just takes Nux back. There's not exactly a great relationship going on. But then later in the movie, when Max uh, kills the bullet farmer and he comes back with a whole bunch of ammo, he also comes back with a boot for Nux. Oh, really? Displaying <laughs> I didn't even notice that. that. Displaying like a little beautiful moment. It's like, okay, now I trust you. Right, yeah, because they, they were at odds at the beginning. And, something yeah. as simple as Max losing his boot actually has I've seen this movie, storytelling purpose. Dude, I think I've seen this movie nine times now since it came out two years ago, and like, and I never noticed That's that. Funny. There's a million details like that. There's it's so many details like that that build like up. The importance of Max's blood and, and his interaction is... Uh, if. People are literally using, Nox is literally using him as a blood bag. Yeah, because he's, he's the, the universal him, blood type, right? Yeah, he's calling him a blood bag, not even acknowledging him as a human. Uh, and then they come to be friends. And then at the end of the movie, Max uses his blood to save Furios. And it's uh, yeah. for those, you know, nitpicky people, well, what if he, uh, you know, he could kill him by giving him the wrong blood type? They established that he's universal. He's, negative, he's, yeah. a, he's a universal donor. So yeah, it's like there's tons of these little, little like little payoffs, sim- I guess symbolic. You could call them, or- yeah, all of these examples on top of being great uh, visual and 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 streamlined storytelling, they also are like brilliant setups and payoffs. Yeah, like I said, it's something as simple as a boot. Yeah. A boot has a brilliant like setup and and payoff to mm-hmm. it. It's when I talk about with people about how I'm so impressed with this movie, and whether I'm talking to a casual audience or maybe a more like art house audience that, mm-hmm. that appreciate these movies and may, they're seeing me excited about some big blockbuster movie. It's these sorts of things that you don't really get in certainly in big movies mm-hmm. anymore. And it's, it, it depresses me. And that's what, what <laughs> yeah. made this movie uh, so fucking exciting. 
Yeah. There's um, the rewatch value in this movie because there's so much going on. There's so much care, attention, and to it's incredible. In this movie. I, I feel yeah. like the first time I saw it, I hadn't really seen it. Yeah. Because I was like, oh my god, like that was incredible. I want to watch it again yeah. immediately because like you see, it's like, oh my god, look at that thing, and that's super cool. And then yeah. like a fucking two seconds later, you're like, holy crap, look at that guitar, dude. Like, like whoa, yeah. that thing just exploded. Like that car just got yeah. ripped to shreds. Like there's so many things, and you can miss all these little details. Like I said, well, I'm, the first thing you said to me, I remember you were texting me after you saw it. You're like, so I just saw Fury Road. I was like, oh yeah, how was it? You're like. It was crazy. It was a movie made by crazy people for crazy people. And you just kept saying it was crazy. And then it's yeah, it's so nuts because there's so much going on. It's like the second time you watch it, it's like you feel like you watched a different movie. Yeah. It's like you're watching everything else that was going on or I, trying to. This is the movie I think I've watched the most in the shortest period of time. Like I've watched it like 10 times since, since it came out. It's been almost, out two years? Almost two years to the day it, was, it came out May 15th. Oh, I don't think I've even seen any other movies this many times. <laughs> and I saw that in the course of two years. Like, you know, I, I don't like rewatching uh, movies too crazy. often. Uh, before we maybe move on and start to wrap up, do we want to get our gremlin of the weekend? Oh. Despite being Mad Max heavy... I will not stand for an episode with no gremlins. Today's gremlin of the week. Of the week. Oh. Is Daniel R. Clamp. Boo. Don't give me. Don't 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 be a cock tease here, Mueller. I came here for some gremlins. I didn't come here for humans. Daniel R. Cramp is the biggest gremlin of them all. Uh, do you secretly know something about Daniel R. Clamp that makes him a gremlin? Because no, I want really, gremlins. He's just really cool. He's no, cool. Ev- on this show, everything is a gremlin. <laughs> That's not true. No. So no. Daniel R. Clamp is the is the the we've talked about him a little before. He's the tycoon, the business tycoon who's supposed to be kind of a satire of Donald Trump loosely. He's a satire of both da- Donald Trump and Ted Turner. I don't, oh, okay. I don't know, I don't know a lot about is, him either, but he was. He's the know. CEO of Time Warner. Time turn time, turn warmer, Mueller time. Yeah, he Limited. was. Heavily, Come on, guys. <laughs> heavily involved in big business in the '80s, like he was. He was a prominent figure, so, yeah, yeah, so to speak. So Daniel R. Clamp is easily the coolest guy in all of Gremlins, but not the coolest Gremlins in all of Gremlins. He's the, sorry. He's the coolest Gremlin in mm-hmm. all of Gremlins. Mm-hmm. He's, su- he's super rich, super good looking. Uh, loves to play golf in his bed in his room, a mini golf. You know, just like uh, any cool rich guy would. He'd have like one hole in a little. You know, what 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 kind of guy who has a golf green in his in his office? You know, the little strip of golf where you can. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty big cliche when it comes to showing business, mm-hmm. like bi- business owner, big CEOs in, pr- in movies. Pretty cool. As cool as it gets. I guess. I mean, I had one of those growing up, so it's not that exciting. Without Daniel, I didn't have a gremlin, though. Without Daniel R. Clamp, you have no promise of a Gremlins 3 sequel with a hilarious uh, possibility of true, Daniel it is R. Clamp the, becoming it is the, the president. Only, it is the only way I want them to make a Gremlins 3 if they involve uh, Daniel R. Clamp. He's still not a gremlin, though. He, best gremlin of the week. Uh, so Daniel R. Clamp owns the building... I love uh, at the very end of the th- at the end of Gremlins too. So the whole the whole building's been pretty much like messed up, yeah. Like because it's, it's you know it's, it's his it's his building that they're in. So so Billy says, "Sir, I'm uh, I'm sorry about the building, you know, because it's his his Gremlins kind of that screwed everything up." Daniel Clamp says, "I'm not. You're not. For one thing, we insured the damages. For yeah. another." 
Maybe it wasn't a place for people anyway. It was a place for things. You make a place for things, things come. And the the gremlin came. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just I just really like that line. Like it's just it's just like it kind of has that eighties action line, like this silly one liner. You make a place for things, things come. It's like this like dad dumb dad joke kind of thing. Yeah. Like well, it kind of sounds like that. Feel the dreams like that. If you, yeah, if you build it, they will come. Yeah, it's like a little bit. It's it's like it's yeah. just kind of like this stupid line, but I like I really yeah. like it for some reason. It's a hell of insurance policy he has too. That, yeah, that, like that what is this like a fifty damage. million dollar building here? It it, it covers their like weird genetics laboratory releasing a bunch of gremlins. I got to get on this insurance plan. Yeah, cover <laughs> covers gremlins. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Dan- Daniel R. Clamp is just a really funny character throughout it. And I like that. Uh, I think we talked about probably you guys kind of stole that one scene that I would have taken from him, which was like the secretary gremlin, like you fighting weren't going to bring in secretary. Gremlin. No, I wasn't going to bring in the secretary anything. gremlin, but I don't want to retell the scene where Daniel Clamp fights him, like fights Good. her or him or what and whatnot. So anyways, Daniel R. Clamp, super rich, super good looking, exactly the type of guy that you want to be friends with. You leave him with a simple task of talking about gremlins and he just talks about some guy who's not a gremlin. Do you, have an, do you have a comment Daniel to add Waller. about Daniel R. Clamp being the greatest gremlin of the week? I, but he's not the greatest gremlin of the week. <laughs> well, who is then? Yeah, I mean, do you, you don't even know. Do you want you me don't to know. Fix? I have a fucking <laughs> list of gremlins to talk about, pal. Even off the top of my head, I could... He's the only gremlin I would want to bring into this podcast. So, sorry. What, about, you have, the, so, what you, about the kitchen? What do you got against the kitchen gremlins? Do, Come on, man. Do you have something to add about Daniel R. Clamp and how cool he is? No. What he adds to the movie can, of Gremlins? I can tell you're trying to probe me for something, but I, th- I feel like... Well, it's because I'm literally asking you questions. I think, I don't know if that's a... Listen, you're... you're you literally... He's metaphorically hitting me. No, I'm... I'm Literally hitting you. Yeah. <laughs> like it's. Anyways, uh, I, mean, I don't know. There's, there's lots of great little. There's me. lots of great little things about his his company, like little satirical bits. Like uh, many many episodes ago, I think possibly when I when we first did Gremlins of the Week during my intro, I actually made a reference to a Clamp. Uh, the upcoming new clamp like Chinatown where business gets oriented. Like, <laughs> business that wasn't me oriented. just spouting some weird race racist thing. Like that's a line from from Gremlins 2 about this new like in this new part of Clamp Enterprises that's that's creating a new Chinatown district but it just looks like a big strip mall like a big fancy strip <laughs> mall it's like none of the actual Chinese culture behind it or anything like that but this corporation is totally just weaseling their way into yeah, it yeah I love like, that idea it's like where business gets oriented like we're just taking the exact same thing and putting an <laughs> oriental spin on it yeah. like that's how that's how culture works like they just do American things but then they just dress it up with like weird mm-hmm. Chinese dragons and yeah. like and lanterns yeah. <laughs> like, like that's that's how that's how culture that's how you be a wide culture person. You you come into your American office and you eat, you eat sushi. It's like Japanese. Well, Anyways, way to to, blue, dun, dun, to dun. blue balls everyone with no gremlins. Dun, 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 Sorry guys, Thanks for tuning into the Gremlin of the Week. Let's get back Thank to Mad you. Max. Yeah. Let's, let's talk more about some characters. So can here. I can I talk about Max? Well, that's what I was just I was literally just gonna say who is Max? Now a big who is Max? now a big th- complaint I've heard from these morons. This is another one of the main complaints. Yeah, it's another main complaint is uh, the main character has no personality. Like Max has no personality. Well, I- nope. I think the, the thing I hear a lot is that, that Max isn't even the protagonist in his own movie. 
Like there, everyone says rightly so. They say this movie is more about Furiosa than it is Max, which yeah, is, it is true. It absolutely is. is. What's it? What, do you do you care? Like, does it does it matter? Like, are you mad that we're watching Han well, Solo do this? The <laughs> I- do the escape without Luke Scott? Luke is the protagonist. The irony of it, like for people so critical of this, uh, they're maybe not. They don't sound like they're the biggest Mad Max fans because no. this is entirely common in Mad Max. Out of the four Mad Max, the now four Mad Max movies, only one of them is solely about Mad Max. And that's the first and one. And that's the first one, which yeah. sets up his character and, yeah. and his sense of loss and, and, and his descent into madness. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, uh, all three, Road Warrior, Thunderdome, and Fury Road, it's all about Max kind of getting wrapped up in someone else's story. Yeah. And then he's he's kind of this uh, this uh, legendary figure within their universe who mm-hmm. comes and comes and goes through through their stories. Mm-hmm. So in essence, no stupid pun intended. Max is just kind of a vehicle to explore this amazing <laughs> universe. Yeah, uh, was, there was a stupid pun intended. You just didn't want to make it seem like you liked puns. That's that's <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, like I, I hear that complaint all the time, and I think, oh, you're you haven't watched any other Mad Max movies, certainly not recently, because he's, other than the first one, he's never the, yeah. he's never the protagonist. No, really, he's not. Like. And I, I find Max, um, the reason I like, I think he's a better hero. Like, I don't know if you call him a, an anti-hero or not, because he is kind of a, a madman, but... Well, he's, he's like pretty nihilistic. He's, yeah, like he but he's have, the hero. Yeah. He, he like literally yeah. says in the movie, he says, you know, hope is a mistake. Like, yeah, you know, well, yeah. I think his... <laughs> That's like, a pretty nihilistic thing to knowing, say. Knowing that, that essentially Max is just another one of the crazy people in this wasteland, which is heavily established at the beginning yeah. of Fury Road, he's, they literally have him muzzled. Like, he's basically a wild animal at the beginning of the movie. His hair's yeah. all crazy before they capture him. Like, he's eaten a, liz- a, liz- a two-headed lizard off the ground alive. Yeah, this cult actually gives him some more civilization. They ch- chop his hair up, give him a cool tattoo, yeah. send him on his way. So, in essence, even though Max kind of isn't the protagonist of Fury Road, mm-hmm. uh, he still has an arc where, at the beginning of this movie, he's a crazy feral animal in essence and he regains his humanity by being thrown into helping these people who he didn't want anything to do with mm-hmm. that's a fucking arc right there <laughs> like it people, is like that's not yeah. nothing and i find i'm able to relate to max um on multiple levels way more than any like marvel or dc mm-hmm. superhero man we gotta find another it's franchise brutal on. <laughs> yeah well, it's just it's the big blockbuster example yeah. when you're talking right. about blockbusters this is the comparison yeah. because other things don't survive anymore. Like like stuff yeah. like Mad Max rarely survives. Now it's like we're just stuck with superhero yeah. movies, and you certainly don't want to compare compare it to the DC movies because they're just yeah, they're, they're a dumpster fire. Low, low hanging fruit there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just the thing the thing I like about him is like I I could see myself be if I were put through the situations he goes through in the first one, where just quickly he works for a highway patrol. Yeah, like, he's on the police force, yeah. in essence. And, yeah, I think the world at that point is slowly starting to, yeah, like, that's, d- devolve into, like, societal, like, decay. Like, yeah. it's it's on its way out. That's, and, like, just pre-apocalypse. Yeah. It's, like, right before, before, like, there's, right before yeah. a, an essential nuclear war that's going to wipe out resources and yeah, people, and basically. Things are going that way, and people aren't that respectful. They don't really care about the law enforcement anymore. No. He Like, he's just this guy that's trying to get by, do his job, um, and his so in this one, the, this like biker gang. They take out his partner. They don't kill him though. They yeah. s- they burn him alive, and he like he's horribly disfigured. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I can't take this anymore. 
goes on a vacation to clear his head, get away from this biker gang. They still find him, even though he's not a cop anymore. They kill his wife and his kid. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? If that were me and I had you know, my partner being disfigured, my, my family was killed, nobody respects my job or cares about what I do, and the society was going the way it was, I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'd go a little crazy too and br- brutally kill these And then bikers. he just goes like crazier. Like when we were watching yeah. Road Warrior last night, like he's hanging out with all these this like group of people. Like once again, he gets kind of forced into a situation to help people he doesn't really want to be in. No, he, he just, just yeah. wants gas. He just wants his gas wants and gas to be on his them. way. And yeah. he ends up making all these friends and these people rely on him and he just... He kind of does it because it, it seems like he kind mm-hmm. of has to because he wants some gas. And all these people, like, they're grabbing all their friends and stuff and, like, crucifying them, like, on crosses in front of them and, like, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this guy's seen some He's seen some stuff. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, pretty, pretty reasonable that, like, yeah, you could see yourself. You're yeah. like, man, if I, yeah, if I saw all that, like, if yeah. that all happened to me, like, yeah, I could be, a, I could be an insane. Totally- I mean, I think I'd <laughs> probably be dead. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. well, there's a nice, especially from the first one. This is what I like about the first one, which some people might deem to be a little slow and boring. Because yeah, it's, it's uh, not garbage, it's awesome. piece of crap. It's really it's slow movie. It's Damn a really good character movie, and yeah, I, I, if you look at it as this exploration as a man, as a policeman, who's trying to maintain order within the 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 crazy people, but finds himself becoming crazy in that goal. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like yeah, there's a nice there's there's a bit of there's like a poeticness to that. Yeah, I found that upon rewatching that movie a couple of times. It's just a copy of Death Wish. I found <laughs> yeah. I found that interesting the, to explore, and, and then it sets up yeah. it sets up this great character for the yeah. insane three and movies it's funny to follow. That's why he quits the police force, and his boss, who's this awesome, this big hulking guy with the awesome mustache, is like, no, just take a leave, you know, clear your head. We'll always be here, and he's just like, no, if I keep doing this, I'm going to become like them. And then he ends up becoming like them anyways. Yeah. 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 So, so, I mean, people talk about how Max, it's like he has no character, and I think what they just mean to say is he doesn't talk a lot. Yes, I think like that's exactly what they're They're really mean. irritated. So I, th- yeah. I think about that scene, there's a confrontation about, oh, once again, I don't know if it's 15 minutes or 40 minutes into the movie. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, after the sandstorm, and, and he kind of confronts Furiosa. Well, it's pr- if it's after the sandstorm, it's like 40 minutes. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's, about, it's about eight minutes. It's pretty movie, far. It's know? at least 30. Crazy. Um, so yeah. he... So he's basically, he's got a shotgun and he's holding them all hostage, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't walk up and say anything. He points the gun. It's like, yeah, they know what's going on. Like, they're not like, yeah. oh, what, what's that guy doing? Like, does he want us to do something? Like, and it's, they, he's pointing a gun at you. Like, he knows, they know what he means when he points. And like, I don't know what people want. Like, do they want him to well, be like, uh, stick him up. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Put your hands up. I got gotcha. you. Like, it's like, no, they want him to be, to they it. want him to be a wise cracking yeah. character. Like whoever in fast caught you with your pants down yeah. or your pants up. Cause you're but a woman beyond what you're, like, t- I don't know, what's he going to say? But beyond what you're talking about, about like visual communication. And again, back to visual storytelling and conveying information without him actually saying anything. It again, ties in back to his arc from starting out Fury road as a wild animal who's ba- like he's he probably hasn't talked to anybody such, in forever exactly he's yeah. such he's such a loner and he's so just like he's just looking after himself he doesn't maintain relationships because of you know, his fear for loss his hair is all crazy he's like a wild animal who's who's literally at this point when talking to fear also he's muzzled yeah, and he he's still just, has a muzzle on he's just grunting like his form of communi- communicating with other people has just devolved into just grunts to, yeah, to grunts and violence and whatnot. And then again, he starts to talk more of them. At the end of the movie, yeah, he talks quite a at bit. The by the, the end, end. Movie, he tells her. There's an obvious moment that I think people should pick up on his on his exact arc when when he's, he's 
uh, Trent, he's giving Furiosa his blood to save her. Yeah. He looks up at everyone and says, my name is Max. It's the first time he introduced himself. So he goes from like grunting and violent gestures toward mm-hmm. them to my name is Max. It's this subtle little moment of like, yes, this, this is who I am. Yeah, and it's it's really funny He's because... He's regaining that, be, and they are. What's it's, really it's, ironic it's to me is, like, the person who's frustrated with this, like, it's too subtle for them. So it's like... So let me get this straight. Like, you're upset that this movie that's insanely excessive... Like, like, like what do you want? Do you want it to be excessive, or do you want it to be subtle? Like, pick one and, like, enjoy that. Now, you know, like, what, you know <laughs> what I think it is? I think they think... They're so fucking smart. They see this movie that's that's everyone's praising. It did well critically, and people seem to really love it. And they're thinking they're going into it as a contrarian and trying to show off how smart they're being. Like, well, oh, well, Max isn't even. He's not even the protagonist <laughs> in his own movie. It's like, <laughs> yeah, shithead. Yeah. Everyone fucking knows that. Listen, we all there's know not this. even a lord in Lord of the Rings. Like, who is God? Isn't in this movie? I think <laughs> they're trying to puff up their chest and do this like stupid little like uh, intimidating, basically dance in front of everyone and be like, look how much better I am than all of you. Yeah. I happen to notice that Furiosa is actually the protagonist, <laughs> not even Max. What a dumb movie! It's like, everyone. Fu- oh. Everyone who's a fan of Max Mad Max fucking caught on to that. They caught on to it when it happened in Road Warrior and they caught like on to it when it happened in 30 years ago. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, so um so Max is he 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 is a great character. Yes. It, it's 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 like oh, well, he should talk more. Well, that's not his character though. No. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. He no. has a pretty established character. So to me what I'm looking for when I'm looking in a good character and and I don't have to like intellectualize myself into liking this. I immediately like it and now i'm now i'm thinking about how it works but a good character is a strong character you know who they mm-hmm. are and they act in accordance with those ideas um or ideals you understand and, their motivation and then when they act outside of those ideals either it's bad storytelling or it's an arc yes that brings them somewhere so exactly. um for example if max a big part of what you said you kind of glossed over but is that he doesn't maintain relationships yes so by the end of this he's basically overthrown this like cultish empire and put Furiosa in charge. Mm-hmm. They have unlimited supply of water and food and pretty much gas and whatever else that they need. Yes. Um, and Max is like, well, I'm just going to continue on <laughs> roaming the wasteland. Like, and, it, and it's like, it makes no sense at all. It's like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you settle down? Like you just built a, you just built a kingdom. Like you don't have to look for food and stuff. And it's like, but he, he can't handle losing somebody. Exactly. He cannot handle losing yeah, another exactly person. It. So either he's going to be completely disattached to you or by the time, you know, like you said, there's this symbolic moment where he tells people his name and uh, yeah. now he is attached. Now he's like, well, I, I got to leave before anything bad happens. Yeah. Like we got to leave on a high note. So it's, I don't understand how you can say that this is a, a weak character. I don't. I don't know how somebody. I think can it's claim like that. you said. Like they just, they just want more like one-liner moments out of him. And I, I love a good cheesy one-liner. We talk about Commando oh, and God. all the and yeah, all these all other day long. movies. But Max has never been that. No. What What are some of Max's older iconic one-liners? He doesn't have them. That's not that character. It's just not who he is. He's never been that. I I can't think of any, and we just watched yeah we just watched Road Road Warrior last yeah, night. Yeah, so if you're gonna criticize Fury Road Max for that, just criticize every single Mad Max movie for that. It's just, that's not who that character is. Yeah, it's so, really weird, and it's not like they just have 
you know, piles and piles of shots of Max sitting there saying nothing and just drawing some disproportionate. You're like, oh, well, this is kind of boring. Like, why? You know, like, it's all very appropriate. He's just appropriately placed in the situation, mm-hmm. and he, he acts the way that, you know, that yeah. is relatively interesting. And there, there's a moment where, um, so when he, you know, he's very, he's fighting Furiosa, right? Because, uh, you know, he wants the truck and he wants the water and whatnot. Um, and she wants to protect these prego chicks. Um, pretty hot. Uh, so he he pops in the the car and he can't really take off because he doesn't actually know the access code. So now now they have to t- team up. He's One, like, okay, three. well now now I guess we're gonna drive together. Um, you know, I don't really want to be there. So he he takes all our guns and he fills this bag full of guns with it. And I love this moment where. Um, you can kind of see like a little bit of his humanity revealed where they realize there's something wrong with the truck. So she's going to go and take a look at it. And Max says, no, I'll go take a look at it, which is, it's a, it's a little bit weird. Like you expect, like he's kind of, he's trying to help. Yeah. Even though he's like, he's kind of at odds at these people. Um, but I just love that he like, he grabs this big bag of guns and he just, he's like, he, like, he might as well be rock climbing, like the way mm-hmm. he's like climbing on the side of this car. And, but he just like keeps this big bag of guns on his side. It's like, <laughs> it's so much harder to do. <laughs> like, but, he, but he's like, but he does things like a certain way. Like this is uh, how he's going to do it. You so know, it's, like it's another fucking great moment. He's where... not going to trust anyone with these guns. He would rather fall off the truck, yeah. like, because he can't hold on than trust somebody else than trust these people. Which is also a nice setup payoff arc moment. So you talk about this. He's not trusting them with this big bag of guns. Later in this movie, he acquires an even larger bag of guns from the bullet farmer who he just killed and he immediately tosses it to them. Right. It's a display of oh, trust. Yeah. 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 I, I, another thing Andy. I did not notice. And uh, I mean, I, I, like my, I like my visual storytelling. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Ooh, that's <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like <laughs> things in this movie aren't just aren't just happening. They're not things on a screen. They're all almost always telling you something. I can't think of anything that like was just a random nothing. Exactly. Even something as simple as like the as tossing a bag of guns. Uh, the the knife that Furiosa has hid in the gear shifter. Yeah. Max this exact scene you're talking about he takes the all, stick shift. He She's... takes yeah yeah he takes all he takes all the guns away because he doesn't trust them and but he misses the one that's hidden in the stick shift and then when he wa- walks when he walks out of out of frame out of the scene Furiosa kind of pops it up, a display that she could still kill him. Yeah, yeah. He, did, he didn't keep... disarm her like he thought that he did. Yeah. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. part of her being kind of the protagonist of it as well. Like, I mean, I think I think it's about 50-50 between the two of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not just a thing on screen. There's a display of trust, a display of mistrust, a display of, oh, I could have killed this person, but I'm going to keep him around. I need something out of him. Or maybe I'm seeing something in his person that I want to keep around. It's not just a thing on screen. It's, 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 it's propelling the story, especially when she, when she gets stabbed by that very knife. Well, it creates more. Movie. Yeah, it creates a lot more tension too, because you're like, oh, he has the guns, so I guess they're disarmed, and he's back there taking care of the brake problem. And it's like, yeah, he's the in, end. Like yeah, everything's he's, he's good. In, he's in power. He can he can control them. But yeah. at any moment, Furiosa could stab him. Yeah, the ne- never mm-hmm. is there. He just is in power. Like yeah. there's always a tension going back and forth that pulls you forward in the forward in the story. So I think that we have we could probably talk for another 2 hours yes. about this movie and I want to cover it completely and I and I and I, I don't know which direction that we should go and we can we can go longer on it or we can or we can talk about it more another day. I mean, we 
we've talked in the past. I've got a more bit. characters to talk about. I got more. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got more of the <laughs> world to talk about. I've got more villains to talk about. I've got more awesome cars to talk about. I mean, I I think I think we can wrap up. We talk a lot about like the awesome cars throughout the whole thing. Like that should be a, a fucking given, especially yeah. since we've talked about like. You know, when I talked about C- CGI and Jurassic Park, it's like I'm talking about the importance of practical effects and versus CGI right. effects. I could go on for another hour about that in Mad Max, but I, I think I, you know we don't need to we don't need to rehash that. Yeah. Unless, there are so many little things we could just go on and on. Yeah, about. there's. Like, it's a movie. I have talked, man. I I have talked like hundreds of hours with people about like <laughs> on the on that pulpit just preaching like just always to people that we just go to church to and andy just sits there telling you about mad max and a little yeah let me read from tracks. the book of max two verse <laughs> my point is uh, if we don't have any kind of cutoff it'll go for like yeah, 10 that, hours yeah uh, um the other last de- so i mean i think what we're doing really though there's a picture that you get. You understand there's all, there's all this detail that builds towards a story. Because the main thing that I want to preach against is people saying that there's no story in this. And it's like, I think that's yeah, just that utter, was, utter nonsense. When we first talked about doing this, that was the main thing I wanted to convey. It's like, yeah, I could talk about, look how awesome a Morton Joe's car is. Look how fucking cool the pole I think we'll just we're gonna have to post just a ton of photos or something online so people can <laughs> oh, like yeah, yeah check out the post yeah. and there, like there's we'll, all yeah, these just to give, we'll give you some snapshots if you yeah. you've probably seen it but we'll try to draw attention yeah see how nice it is to have an episode of post about the episode well it makes sense it's kind of <laughs> it, it's contextual man um uh, but I, I feel I feel like it's good I think what we talked about is deeper than that. It's not just about this. Yeah, look how cool that car is. Look how awesome this scene was. It's like no, those are all also, aesthetic. There's some smart storytelling going on here that this movie doesn't get credit for. Everyone talks about how amazing of an action movie it is, but it's just a great storytelling example as well. Yeah. Um, like oh, if, one one little detail I wanted to draw was um, sure. the, all the strategies that they have, like because because you know the whole it's a ninety minute car chase scene. So it's got cars fighting cars, people jumping on cars to other cars, yep. cars attacking other cars, and they have all these like intricate strategies for like how they're going to like it's do so it. Brilliant. So like it's for, so well thought out. There was one spot at the end where they like. They have some machine that they use to rip off the roof of the of the war rig, and then there's these guys, these the, the pole cats, yeah. who are like they're on these giant, like I don't even know what to call them, like teeter tottering poles, like they're like they're, they're like just thirty like, foot long poles that are going straight up. Well, they're probably they're bigger. They're like probably like fifty feet. They're yeah, really and, tall. And they, and they and they and they sway left and right. So if, so so they're on like a pivot point. So then the guy pivots down into the open roof that they've torn off, or grabs one of the girls and whips her back up, and now he. He's like, yeah, they captured her, and like they have all these like intricate ways. They've got like these weird spear guns with ropes that they'll like fire from one car into another car, and they'll use to slow down. Like well, it's, like, yeah, it's almost like that, they designed this for this car chase. Yes, yeah, they mm. they they spear the they spear the truck, and then they lay down this thing that drags their car to weigh down their tr- to slow to them weigh down, down their own car to, to yeah. slow down the truck. And yeah, and then you have the polecats, and you have like another car that tries to get in front of uh, the war and, and drops drop spikes. spikes. Like they have all these tactics, like. This is what they do. Yeah, this is all that they do. Like once again, just building like this world and this idea that you're caught it. You're really we're really caught in something bigger than us. Um, and the only person who knows what's going on or has any sort of a plan is Furiosa. <laughs> like you know, and she's yeah. kind of got these checkpoints along the way. She's made a deal with with this gang yeah. who's going to blow up the boulders and stuff. She's the only one who kind of has an idea. Yeah, but of what even she's her doing. plan, like she she can't. It goes off the rails immediately. Yeah, and then, and then she gets to the place where she was trying to get to, and. It turns out it's not there anymore. Yeah. So then, yeah. 
pretty... But again, yeah, all these people, it's like, oh, they just go to a place and then they go back. It's like, okay, it's also a, a story about people realizing that they need to take, that their home is the place they left, but they just need to take it yeah, from or, or like, or like taking yeah, it from There's them. no such thing as your home. It's like, it's, it's what, it's yeah. in your head, right? Like, it's where you say, yeah, every one of these events, every one of these things along the way has a, has a deeper meaning. And I don't want to sound like just like, some guy who's just reading into things like it, it's it's quite intentional it is it's extremely intentional anyone who if anyone thinks it isn't just look up just a two-minute interview with george million you see how incredibly well thought out everything is everything that sounds silly dumb or, or lackluster it was well it was extremely well it's thought great because it actually ends up like they end up everything is so tense the whole movie and everything seems to be going wrong and like you know that the one chick gets killed or whatever and gets run over by the uh monster truck or whatnot and mm-hmm. their plan is just to get to kind of like a green place and um the green place doesn't exist and then but because Immortan Joe and his army are out they end up getting in front of him and taking over his place and now they are at the green place. Yeah, it has all these like vegetation and it's stuff. It's way yeah. better than the green place they imagined. Yeah. So they succeed beyond their wildest dreams and it's just so poetic. But that's what I mean. It's like they had a home but they just needed mm. to take it from the person that, had, yeah, that the, was their, keeping the, the it The only reason them. their home wasn't a home was because somebody else had more power yes. it, than them. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with the place itself. Yeah. And in which case it's like the place they were going they just led an army to come take it over. Like if they had found that green place like that could have could have been taken over just as easily, like by him. Probably would have. Yeah. <laughs> like now that they led Immortan Joe to the place. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It just like I wasn't even realizing some of this stuff before we walked in here today. And it's like the more <laughs> that you kind of like, the more that you kind of get into it. There's yeah. all these like little poetic things that all meet up. Like it's you said, a very the setup movie. and the payoff. Yeah, and um, yeah, I guess I guess once something kind of becomes too complicated for somebody. They just can't see anything. You know, it's like talking to somebody about like really advanced physics, and they're like, "I don't even understand a single word that you're saying." Well, like, but but what's really frustrating is that this movie is made so accessibly for anybody to just enjoy. That's what There's I mean. Layers to enjoy it on. If we talk like like look at the Max's boot thing, and I, I see it. Like I said, that's a big, huge display of trust, and maybe everyone missed that. But I contend that everyone who watched the movie did catch it. They just weren't, it wasn't on the forefront of the mind. Right. It was in their subconscious. You see him throw the boot, there's a camaraderie there. Whether you're like, oh, hey, he just threw him the boot. Whether you actively say that or not, or you're just your like, brain oh, he has gave retained something. the information. You know, basically at that point, you think about it, it's like, yeah, you know that they're now working together. Every scene after that, you can see they're working together. That was just the first display of trust of them working yeah, together. Yeah, it's a little symbolic. Mm-hmm. So thing. it's not like it's super complicated. They just they they did it in a way that that isn't that didn't slap you over the face. Mm-hmm. The other thing I cannot let go mm-hmm. is just how great the score on this movie is. Now it's a very now, driving oh, score. Now yeah. I'm just like kind of nerding out, and I'm not you know not so much building the narrative for the story as much as that score contributes. But I just like I think there was a, there was the moment yesterday where. Um, He's trying to negotiate with Furiosa, like, you know, he wants the truck and she wants it. And he's like, you know, I only want you, none of these other broads. And she's like, you got to get all the broads. He's like, no, not a chance. (laughs) And then she's like, no chance. Do you want that muzzle off your face? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then he turns to her and then you hear this score, this deep contrabass. And and then now they're on the road. It just cuts to them on the road together because she's like appealed to his deepest immediate desire right and like yeah just like these visceral drums that are just like punching so hard and it's just dry man i want to watch the movie again like let's go watch mad max again uh, you're breaking so, your own rules muller 
I'll break any rule for Mad Max. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the 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 just the. It, it, I just I, I don't have many words to describe just how perfect well, you're going all off of the score. Last is. night about uh, oh when they're doing this this there's minor oh, yeah, chords the, and major chords and I was like oh yeah you're I have no <laughs> idea you what know, you're talking about. But yeah, I'm like, well, yeah you're right. Just, cool. yeah, there, there's just this great scene when they when they blow up all the rocks. You know they've made it through the canyon and they're they're like kind of they're escaping like successfully, but they there's still some trouble. So they're triumphing. So they have like that main that main theme going and whatever it's like this very um intention theme right there's not really much resolution to it but then kind of all these like very uplifting orchestra chords like start coming in as they're like triumphing and it's just it's just such a great like change to this like song like you know when you listen to music right and it's like there's always a verse chorus verse chorus right like that's the traditional song structure um and in the verse usually it's a little bit more like tense and then the chorus is like more poppy, right? And there's more resolving chords and it's really satisfying. That's why choruses are always really satisfying to hear because they have more resolving chords usually. Um, and it was like kind of the same thing that just, it just built into the scene so well. Like I just like, it, that or that particular arrangement jumps out at me a lot, so I won't. That's cool. mm-hmm. I won't talk anymore about that. I'm sure no one knows what the hell I'm talking about. So you so. guys want to see something funny? So Nathan Jones, the guy who plays Rictus, huge that huge guy. He's that like huge six foot nine. Guy. Yeah, so he, he like, rips an engine yeah. out by the end, and he's just standing in the fire of this engine. Rictus! <laughs> he's <laughs> yelling his own name. He's yelling his he own dies. name. Steve Holt. Yeah. So he um. Yeah, he used to wrestle a, a bit. Was a kickboxer uh, back in the early, or the mid '90s though. There, he was in the World Strongest Man competition in like '95 or '96, and back then they actually used to use arm wrestling as one of the things. So you just arm wrestle, you know, one of the dudes, and they, you know, you get points on how you placed. They stopped doing that after this though. So what happened was <laughs> he was arm wrestling. So there was this uh, this newcomer guy. He was like only twenty at the time. Magnus Samuelson from Sweden. And Magnus Samuelson. Yeah. Okay. And it's he like a name right out of Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of. And uh, he he later went on to win a few world's strongest mans, but at this time no one had heard of him. And what n- nobody else knew about him was he was actually the Swedish arm wrestling champ. <laughs> so he sits down, and it's one of the first ones they did with Nathan Jones. And Nathan Jones is like he's huge, man, six foot nine, like humongous he's guy, so big, and, in Mad all Max. muscle. And Mag- Magnus Samuelson, obviously comparatively, isn't as big, but he's a huge guy too. So they sit down to arm wrestle, and they're going at it for about five seconds, and then snap! Nathan Jones' arm just snaps, breaks, broke off. his arm. And, oh my god! Yeah, and then they stopped doing that event. I've after. seen footage of that happening it's to nasty. other people, and it's gross. The yeah, bone always juts out a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was pretty gross. Uh, you just great created a great mental image in my head. You're welcome. Nothing is okay. So <laughs> I do. I want to say one other thing. <laughs> last last year, when I was in uh, Seattle, my wife and I spent the weekend there. Your wife. And unbeknownst to us, Comic Con, Seattle Comic Con was happening that weekend, mm-hmm. and it was it was kind of funny because our hotel we found this out because our hotel was like two blocks away from the Seattle Convention Center, so it was kind of fun because we didn't we didn't go, but as we were walking around the weekend, we would just walk by and kind of laugh at all the people dressed up or go, oh that guy looks cool, oh, they're a bunch of idiots, they're dressed like Marvel characters or Star Wars characters. You know, yeah. it was just fun. And then uh, our last night there, um, we, we were having a beer in like a pub or something. And then we're like, all right, let's get out of here. So it's like 1.32 in the morning, walking down the street, not expecting to see many people. Mm-hmm. And we, we come around the corner and just two guys just on their own walking down the street, um, black pants, no shirt. And this is April. 
So it's it's cold at night. Yeah. And these guys dressed up like war boys. Their their sh- heads are shaved. They're completely white, and they're walking around with like, um, you know, like the, the where the guy gets shot in the face and jumps off the vehicle and blows it up. Yeah. The first witness me. Yeah. They're they're walking around with like like sticks like the thunder sticks. The, the thunder sticks. Yes. That's such a cool name. <laughs> yeah. It's like once again, it's like it's such a silly name, but it's such a cool name too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're just walking walking out of the street, and I was like, oh, Carolyn, look at those guys. And they're they're like probably half a kilometer away, and I just yelled, "Witness me!" <laughs> and they turned around, and they were like, "They're pumping their fists in the air with their thunder sticks." It was awesome. Yeah, that's a pretty it's a pretty lame story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess in conclusion, I think before just okay. before that, I, I feel everybody like, has to, we got to pop out our Mad Max trivia. Uh, yes, get some in before the end of this segment. No, I just I'd, I'd feel like some kind of blasphemy for not even mentioning it. I won't go too deep into all the fucking vehicles, but this movie Yeah, we could do a whole episode on the things that we didn't mention that are just cool, but we want to get at the... I talked about in in, in the Back to the Future episode about about the DeLorean and being an iconic car. Like, this Uh, movie has so many, but this movie most definitely has two of my favorite movie cars ever. Max's Interceptor, the, the last Interceptor. It is just so fucking cool and fierce looking. I know it's not in the movie much, unfortunately. <laughs> it's like yeah. blown it's up destroyed immediately. immediately. Uh, but it's just so fucking fierce in this beautiful embodiment of Max and who he is. It's like it's, it's just, just a classy super, car with a sweet turbocharger on the fucking sticking just, out of the it's hood. It's just mean looking, but it's also sleek and yeah. it's just great. And then the Giga Horse, which is a Morton Joe's big double decker Cadillac. That thing is just fucking. Just everyone who sees that is just like, holy fuck, that is so fucking cool. Honestly, I actually... I'm not a big car person, but how do you not get excited seeing that fucking thing? I really liked seeing the last Interceptor in, in, uh, in Road Warrior. Like, like, yeah. I know it's a much older movie, but just the way it was portrayed, mm-hmm. I really liked it in there. Like, I liked. Obviously, it wasn't in the new one very much. Um, it, at it shows the beginning up a of the later. movie, it looks very similar. But you, mm-hmm. yeah, you can see it's it in just Road the Warrior. way that they portray it, the things that it's doing. It just yeah. it seems cooler. It's to grittier. Me. It's yeah. like it's a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, we could do a whole episode just on the oh, cars. Yeah. Like, and this, it's hard to talk about cars, but they got cars with like razor wire in front of the the headlights. They got all these just like awesome little details. They got. Freaking like like their their little spear guns are like made of wood because wood is like this precious resource in the future. So it's like it would be very rare to have any wood at all. And like yeah. and, and it's like and they're just making their guns out of it to show up like you know how elite they are. But yeah, every, everyone just just go on on the Google machine there and just find the behind some of the behind the scenes car production on on. Mad Max Fury Road. Oh gosh, it's, it's insane! It's so fascinating to watch, even if you're not it's a car a must person. Watch. It's it's fascinating to watch. But I just wanted to point out those two cars and just how fucking you want to talk about two examples of an iconic movie car. Like they're both in it, and there's more in the movie, but those two just stand out to me as they're so fucking awesome. Yeah, I on it after seeing, especially after seeing some of the special features, the War Rig just became a really cool vehicle mm-hmm. to me too. Like, cause it's like semi trucks usually aren't that cool. Like I'm like I know people have some decked out. And I'm like yeah, but it's too big to do anything cool. <laughs> but something about that War Rig, it's like yeah. two thousand horsepower. It's got like two V eight engines on it that apparently Rick just rips straight out. Of <laughs> <it>. He's standing <laughs> in the hood and just rips a whole motor out of it. Just like nothing could be more impossible. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. just the way it's built, it's built with all. The like these, these it's got these huge track. blowers on the front, you know. Like, you know, it does that close up of the round blowers on the front, yeah. and then they open and go. 
and it sucks like, in that air, and it's like, oh yeah. And yeah, it's like <laughs> that's the, the greatest it's got sound. The, the catcher thing that digs into the sand to put out the fires yeah. if your engine catches fire. It's it's, like, it's funny that didn't hit. Is me that what that's for? I didn't. You don't remember? Yeah, I remember. Well, the, I, I, I remember, remember it going like, down, but I don't remember why they were doing the, the first it. The first because the engine was on fire. It gets hit with the the fire bombs from the guys on the motorcycle. Yeah, when we first saw that, that like amazed me. I was like, that is such a clever thing. It just like yeah, it's it's like it looks like the front of a train. You know, they have like the big pointy. Yeah. bumper thing and it just lowers into the sand the sand plows onto the car and now it puts out all the fires and then they bring it back up it's like they have all these little inventions to take care of every all little scenario great, using what they have yeah and, and like her foot pedal is like one of those old like foot measuring things where you can kick up From the, like the shoe store, yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's just so you can lay down the foot pedal so it keeps driving if you need to you know. no bricks required yeah, yeah it's just a st- what's great that was actually built into the vehicle to do yeah. that <laughs> It wasn't a, just a shot in the it's movie. It's a story. Another thing. It's a story about people doing what they can with what they have. And yeah. everything's and, repurposed. Yeah. And, and it comes way back just to the even the production where they just shoved a bunch of car guys in a junkyard and said, make what you yeah. can make out of this crap. And then yeah. they did. And it shows. And it another. Every environmentalist had better love this movie. <laughs> so if you don't, you're a freaking hypocrite. <laughs> so All the gas they just burn out in the desert. <laughs> I'm sure the environmental <laughs> story is more than just dialogue. In fact, you, I, I think the idea is um, tell good stories, speak if you have to. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a good, that's a good rule of thumb. Um, as far as movies go, you know, a podcast is a little different. There's not, it's purely, purely audio format, right? It depends on the format, but when it comes to movies or TV, it's a, it's an audiovisual format, so it's not it's not a yeah. dialogue audio. You know, there, there's a lot of different things that build that up. Yeah, if I if I'm to wrap up my my thoughts on on it, uh, like I said, we don't get many of these blockbuster movies. That's why I feel so excited about it when people talk to me when I talk with other people about it, and it alarms me when I look at the age of the director and just the film crew in general. Because <laughs> a lot of the people that worked on this movie were the same guys working on the original Mad Max, which was a, like a nothing, no budget movie. They're like among 60, friends. 70 years old. <laughs> and now it's 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 alarming to think George Miller, the director, is is an old man. He's a grandpa. He's like push. He might be seventy now. He's pushing seventy, and it's and you don't see the younger generations making a movie like this. This might be one of the last sort of movies we get like this. Hopefully he'll inspire. I th- I, th- I think he a will. young group of real men who end up making their own movies. But yeah, I watch <laughs> I watch the behind the scenes and it's like all the crew, all these amazing vehicles that are being built, and all the stuntmen. They're all old guys. It's just these are all the old timers kind of showing everyone how it's done. And yeah, I got to hold on to this movie. It might be it might be the last I get of it for a while. Yeah. It's the last any of you were graced with, so you better you better appreciate what you have, you sniveling snot crap kids. Thank, thank you, George Miller. I know you're listening. Yeah, I know he's <laughs> listening too. George Muller? George Muller, my dad, directed Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we done here then? Yeah, we're done we here. We did it. The end. We good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job.